Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my video about how I think they should remove scouts from the game. You're like, what? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live uh, any day during the week, Monday through Friday at SayNoToRage.com. And if you're you're right into my YouTube channel, that's where I'm streaming now. If you want to support directly, you can do the membership join or Patreon at SNTRPresents.com. And those memberships come with perks in the Discord, asking questions early or taking part of the call in sessions easiest way to support on youtube is hit the subscribe button and the bell button that's free and you'll get notified whenever i'm going live on youtube so people like my goodness why would you remove scouts from the game this sounds crazy hang with me here because i i really i've got a i've got a long case to make i think a lot has happened in the game since it launched and you might not realize like how actually good this could be for the game now i will say something before i get into this I know there's exotic scouts. I would leave those alone. They would probably need to be buffed, or you could watch my exotics. You know, exotics need primaries need help video, and that might end up helping those scouts out even more if they do some of the suggestions I made in that video. As well as, you know, people are going to want to cite, like, oh, Randy's isn't that bad. If you have to run to either an exotic or a pinnacle to be like, these ones aren't that bad, I would say that's probably even more of a case of why they either need to be completely reworked or removed. And so I'm going to end the video by saying either completely rework them or remove them and reworking them, I think is just too big of a task. And I think we could get some good things if they remove them and do some of the things I have ideas about. I'm going to start by talking about double primary. I do think that played a significant role here in the way that scouts feel in the game right now. And then I second want to talk about game design. So, you know, the shadow of double primary, I still believe is hanging over the game and game design is also playing a factor. So let's talk about double primary. It really, I think, can be traced back to this as the foundation. The foundation was laid in Destiny 2 Vanilla that it made sense to sort of take a short-range, long-range weapon loadout with you. Double primary on the outset seemed like it might be a pretty good idea. I remember thinking there was good potential because, hey, I can take an auto rifle and a hand cannon and then also take a scout with me. We ended up hating double primary in practice and it also was, you know, coupled with static rolls. I don't think that helped either. It was sort of a double whammy. And I think when you look at it from that light, you start to see why scouts now have almost no legs in the game because once you have to go down to one primary, scouts just don't feel like they really land on Destiny 2 as it's currently designed. So a lot of the environments, if you think back to the strikes and the layout of some of the strikes and the even when you're going into a nightfall or even a raid... It would just make sense to have both. I remember running a scout in the Leviathan, uh, especially at the end, and then also an auto rifle. I kind of had both, and I remember doing that in some of the strikes, and it just kind of made sense. There would be periodically long-range pain, and then mostly close-range pain. And since you got to take two weapons with you, two primaries, you might as well do it. Bows, you have to remember something else that happened with double primary. Bows were added when they got rid of double primary. So... Forsaken lands, they get rid of double primary, they add random rolls, and then they add bows. And to some extent, bows are in a direct threat of competition to scouts because of what they can do, how quickly they can do it, and how agile they are. And that relates to my next point. Game design is playing a significant role here as well. So the foundation and journey of Destiny 2 has led to this moment where double primary and then bows and then getting rid of double primary has landed us right here in this present moment where scouts feel completely invalid or irrelevant in the game. 
a handful maybe that you might use, but for the most part, you don't. So let's talk about game design. Ironically enough, or, you know, this might seem counterintuitive, I think how strong we are is playing a factor here. We are incredibly strong in Destiny 2, probably stronger than we ever were in Destiny 1. The agility, the speed, the quickness with which we can get back abilities like our grenades, um, our, our melee, our supers, our, our abilities like dodging and putting up walls. We are very strong and very, very fast, and we can really have lots of customization with respect to build crafting, armor 2.0, and our loadout. I think our power is playing a role here. There has to be, to some extent, more mobs and a lot more closeness of combat. So the closeness of combat and the mobs that are you know traditionally used in almost all of the endgame or all of the challenging content is, I think, in relation to how strong we are. So the power of our guardian, I believe, is playing a factor. Intensity tends to only come from quantity. I'm going to say that again. Intensity in Destiny 2 tends to only come from quantity. And I'm going to point to things like Reckoning and things like uh, Dungeon, the new Dungeon, and Garden of Salvation. When they want to bring intensity, they tend to just use quantity. They just dump ads everywhere. They're shooting you from all sorts of angles, up top, down low, right next to you, right in your face. So a lot of the intensity in challenging combat, in endgame combat, tends to come from a quantitative injection of ads and enemies and Everything is right in your face. There is so... I would say 75% of Destiny 2, I'm fighting ads that are almost within melee range. They're like, they're right there. They're right in my face. There's not a lot of drawn back, you know, long distance fighting. I think there were more areas in Destiny 1. I feel like combat was a little bit slower in Destiny 1. Things were further away. You had raids like King's Fall where everything was sort of down a tunnel or super far away from you. And a lot of the raids right now just don't have those angles. The other major flaw or major you know, setback for scouts is they just lack agility. Even if you want to play more passive, more drawn back, pull away from the ads, they just lack agility. So the minute something gets close to you, you really, really struggle to shoot them. You feel like you can't. I mean, you can hip fire a bow and you can hip fire pulse rifles to reasonable success and scouts just don't seem to land there they don't seem to be able to keep up with combat so an increase in agility and an increase in damage would almost assuredly be needed if these things were ever going to have any prominence inside of PvE PvP I'm not really sure where where scouts land right now I think I feel like PvP is so fast with auto rifles pulses and hand cannons it, it scouts just really really struggle and again you got bows and hand cannons staring you in the face saying I'm more agile and I'm good at mid to long range you're not going to want to use a scout okay so let's end by saying they should either remove them or redesign them I just want you to picture right now it seems crazy okay some good ideas seem crazy on the outset so just hang with me just if imagine right now if they converted every single scout into another rifle type so all of a sudden all these scouts either become auto rifles or pulse rifles you just change them you could keep their name keep similar attributes if suddenly scout rifles become other rifle types number one you just injected the game with a bunch of new weapons right you injected the game with a bunch of new uh, guns for you to chase potentially potentially you know better weapons more exciting weapons right but just imagine that 
I'm not saying they need to do that. I'm just saying I think this is one of the options. Rather than try to rework scouts to make them viable or create content specifically for scouts, you remember when they created Gambit specifically for exotics and super spamming and how lame that was? I don't want them to create content for scouts. That would feel backwards. You're like, well, scouts don't really have any content, so let's create a playground for them. I don't think that would work. I think they could convert them all to auto rifles or scout rifles. Now, I've outlined ideas for ways to rework scouts so that they would be what I call variable. So at hip fire, they could be like an auto rifle or an SMG, and then they'd have their distance damage. And you'd even lower their impact and their damage when you hip fire. So at least you have an agile close quarters option. Many people, right? Many people have said that they think that that would be a one size fits all weapon that would make the weapon too quote unquote, it'd be too OP. I tend to agree with them. The only way I see scouts getting legs is a redesign of some sort that gives them the close range agility that's needed for so much of the combat in Destiny and then have really, really good lethality at long range. That could create significant problems for the weapon hierarchy. It would feel like scouts are basically the the only weapon worth using and they would suddenly become the meta and like, I'm not going to run anything but a scout because they're just too OP. By and large, when you think about strikes, dungeons, raids, maybe even PvP, scouts just feel too slow, uh, too sluggish, and just not agile enough for the intensity, the quantity, and the and the mobs that they tend to drop in our lap. Everything just is so, so in your face. And even if they were to make scouts really, really good, let's say they make some great changes, make them stronger, suddenly they feel viable. They're still competing against pulse rifles, hand cannons, and bows. And how do you get them to compete with those? This is one of those times where I don't think the answer is to get them to compete, right? It's to get them it's to get them to sort of leave the game. So then you can feed the other weapon pools, more pulses, more auto rifles, maybe even convert some of the scouts into bows because there aren't a lot of bows in the game. Think of how think of how few bows there are in the game. I think that would be the way forward. I think if you look at the number of bows in the game, the number of scouts, you could really convert a lot of them into bows, convert a lot of them into pulse and auto rifles, and then you wouldn't have a muddled, cluttered uh, weapon pool, and it would be more sensible. And then you'd have weapons that tend to land on the combat and the feel of destiny, because right now, scouts ain't it. Stick around for Q&A and call-in sessions if you're a VIP member. If you're listening to this on other sources like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you're watching like the past broadcast, say no to rage.com brings you to the YouTube. You can hit subscribe, the bell button, or join to support me directly. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my video about removing scouts from the game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can watch me live on YouTube by going to saynotorage.com, and I stream Monday through Friday during the day. If you want to support the channel directly, you can click join on YouTube or use sntrpresents.com to use the Patreon instead, whichever is best for you. If you're on YouTube, hitting the subscribe button and then the bell button is actually free and doing that will ensure that you don't miss the live streams or uh, the content as well when it hits later. So first question, I don't actually know who this is with this joke name, Say Yes to Rage. They said, why not simply bring scouts up to the same level as other primaries like they have done with virtually every other type of weapon? I feel that removing a weapon type would be uh, would leave a hole in our arsenal. 
I don't think it's going to leave a hole in the arsenal at all. And it's very easy, I think, to point to this with both pulse rifles and bows. I think pulse rifles and bows will f- can fill that that potential vacancy and right now they're not even filling the vacancy they're just sort of replacing scouts if you want a good distance weapon for pve or pvp you know bows and pulses are very very strong pulses especially and so i don't know if it's as simple as this like i outlined in my video i think one of the biggest problems with scouts isn't it like oh just raise them to the lethality of all the other primaries well the combat and the game design and the close quarters combat and all of that like that is uh that's not a that's not a thing you can just change with the push of a button you know that's not a thing that you can just you know do with the push of a button so you can't you can't just suddenly make scouts worthwhile if you made scouts incredibly strong right now let's say they one shot virtually every red bar even if you did a non-critical hit non-critical hit you go into at level content let's say a nightfall 1050 nightfall you're 1050 you're at level and your scout your scouts one tap and everything even if you shoot them in like the leg i still don't know if scouts would get a lot of leg work now they might in grandmaster nightfalls because the combat's a little bit slower and you do tend to try to stay back a little bit more in face tank i don't think that's good content if that's the only time you're really going to be pulling out a scout, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's the right way to do this. You know, somebody was suggesting, well, they should design, they should design some stuff, uh, and and use that as like their their hey, this is how this is how we're going to make scouts viable. We're going to make long distance style content. That's like when they designed reckoning for exotics, where you could keep getting your super back. You know what I mean? And so. That that doesn't feel like the right way to approach this. Designing content specifically um, for scouts, I you know as thirty is saying, scouts are just filler. So it looks like we have more guns than we do. If you went in right now and converted all scouts to both the other rifle types, pulse rifle and auto rifle, I don't know, and even some bows, you could convert some of these into bows. I think the weapon system would be a whole lot better. It just would be the primaries. You'd have auto rifles. So you'd have a, uh, a a high rate of fire rifle. You'd have the more distance, more you know, non fully automatic rifle. Then you'd have hand cannons. Then you have your really close up weapons, subbies and sidearms. And then you have bows. Bows are kind of in their own you know their own category. Um, so when I look at that, I'm like, man, that'd be so much better. I just I don't know. I would be really really curious to see the the distribution of scouts in PVE and the distribution of auto rifles and pulse rifles and bows. You know what I mean? Like, look at each of them individually and compare. Because I don't, I really, really don't think there would be a vacancy if you did this. Now, it. I think my suggestion is really outlandish and unlikely to happen. Let's just be clear about that. I don't think they're going to do what I'm suggesting. But... If they were to try to rework them, I again think the big, big challenge there is the game is not designed for scouts. It was designed for double primary. Now, year four with Europa and big open spaces, we could have something that feels more like a return to D1. But you have to understand, D1 was... I I just feel like the combat was slower. Enemies approached from further away. Um, I don't don't know. I, I, I felt... 
I felt like I had more time to kind of engage enemies from distance, and now I feel like enemies are just always right on top of me, just ankle-biting, punching my face. It's just... I don't know. I... I th- the only way this would work is if like a significant amount of the content going forward just has more of those drawn back areas. Um, things were and are always slower on console. Right. And I think too, just the nature of a 30 FPS console game, it just, I think they limited just how fast combat felt. And you saw some of this complained about with some of the more intense content on console was criticized like though this is harder for us on console because of frame drop and everything else so i um yeah i don't know I, i i just i keep coming back to no matter how strong you make them i don't feel like they have legs in the game i just don't feel like the game is designed for them and if you design the game for them then that content's gonna feel almost gimmicky like well yeah put away all your weapons that you like to use this is the scout rifle you know area of the game um the same logic can be applied to other weapon types drop smg since we have autos and hand cannons that do the same but better that's not true at all smgs are great with the right roll are you kidding me there are some incredibly strong smgs and they can stand on their own i don't think scout rifles stand on their own Scout rifles are 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 not landing in the game right now. There are some really really strong SMGs: the Icolos SMG, the Seventh Seraph, the Subjunctive, uh, the Every Waking Moment, the Callus Mini Tool, the Recluse. Uh, these are all very very strong weapons that can do a great great job uh, in in uh, in the close in close quarters combat. They're they're stellar stellar weapons. Um, so it's the combat works and is it it works for smgs it just doesn't seem to work for scout rifle it just doesn't seem to work they don't seem to have legs in the game you know i can you i can run through most content with a hand cannon a bow an smg a pulse even some of the auto rifles you know what i mean yeah yes dylan i saw the video um na painter I feel like another reason scouts aren't used is not because of damage, but because of a lot, uh, uh, not a lot of range capabilities of things like pulse rifles. Oh, not only the range capabilities of things like pulse rifles, but also the lack of large open areas encounters. Yeah, one of the few, one of the few places, one of the few places that I found myself using a scout rifle was the scourge of the past boss fight. It was one of the few places I found myself taking one out and using it, and that was kind of fun. And then I slowly realized that I could also use a bow. I was using bow sniper a lot of the times in that fight. And I like the bow because whenever the the drop ship, like if a catch drop ship landed on my, uh, on my, you know, building, I had something that was a little bit better uh, for the, you know, some of the close range fighting, a little bit more agile. Um, so, but that's, I think an example of, yes, if there's not these big open areas, then scouts just don't work. You know, you think of even lost sectors and public space and strike design. It's really, really tough to play more drawn back, more, more pulled back and, and think about it, right? Think about it. When I'm doing that in that scourge of the past boss fight, nobody else in there is running a scout. They're they're killing the they're killing the berserkers. They're killing the berserkers. They're they're not running a scout for that. You know? It's I don't know. It 
this is another reason why I don't think we want to have them design content for scouts. That's like what that's one encounter and one particular job where scouts can be good. And it's like, that doesn't mean scouts are good. Does that make sense? Um, it, 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 that that's, that doesn't make scouts good. Having one place where I can go, having the Randies, I guarantee you, so many of the comments on this video when it hits YouTube later is going to be, "What about Randies? What about Randies? What about Randies? What about the the Mita Multi?" It's like, oh well, okay, of course, when you run to best in class weapons, but if that's what you have to run to to make scouts look good, then you just argue that scouts aren't good. <laughs> like, you're having to go to the best of the best to even argue that they're worth using. That means they're not a very good. The, the archetype's not in good place. In, in a good place right now, you know. Scouts are already designed for every content. You just don't like scouts. No, they're not designed for all the content. So much of the content, the enemies are right on top of you. It doesn't. No, I don't. I do not agree with that. Now, the patron of lost causes is actually like. Um, is actually like a really, really good scout rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Patron of Lost Causes was pretty dope. I liked it. But I'm telling you, I was running the Patron of Lost Causes for a while, and then I switched back to a hand cannon, and I was like, oh my gosh, scouts are terrible. It, anytime I switched off of the scout to a hand cannon, the whole game felt different. You know what I mean? Well, what else do people use in other categories? Everyone only uses the best of the best. That's not a fair argument. Spare rations, mindbenders, fellwinters, beloved revoker. No, 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 no. That's a different argument, Greg. You can't say scouts are okay because of Randy's and an exotic, right? You can take almost any hand cannon into any piece of content and it does fine, right? It does fine. You can't do that with a scout rifle. I can take a garbage rolled hand cannon into content and it's going to pop heads and it's going to feel right. Maybe the reload's a little bit slow. Maybe it doesn't have a damage perk. But scout rifles in general, you have to use either Randy's or Exotic for it to feel like it's landing on, on the... It really comes down to combat rhythm. I just think it really comes down to combat rhythm. I just feel like combat rhythm, scouts just get overwhelmed and can't keep up. A bad hand can doesn't feel like a good scout or even an okay scout. I'm trying to think of a bad hand cannon that that tends to drop into the game. I think that's the problem is so many of the hand cannons are actually, you know, pretty solid. You, you can use a 10 paces in most PvE and it'll be just fine. You can uh, well Duke actually has some great rolls on it. Service revolver, the trust, it's like I don't know. I think as an archetype, this is more equipped to stop enemies in their tracks as they push and scouts just aren't. I don't know. I think it really, really just comes down to combat rhythm. Even a bad, even a bad hand cannon feels like it's lined up with combat rhythm and a scout's just not. 110 hand cannons are garbage. I actually like my wardens even still, but man, yeah, when I switch off of a dire, it just, yeah, the 110 just doesn't feel good enough. Next question from Swarly. Instead of removing scouts from the armory altogether, why not create a series of perks that are weapon-specific for weapons like scouts? I I mean, here's the thing. I never actually considered this, but you could make some really, really um, strong perks. You could make some really, really strong perks and only give them to scouts. 
this gets dangerous for PvP. If you remember, like, the pre-nerf box breathing, it was causing problems in PvP. Because you could just basically hard scope and get really, really crazy time to kill. And it's really hard to play against that. You just hard scope, get box breathing to proc, and then bam, bam. You know, you're, you're, I think, w- wasn't there a gun two-tapping with box breathing? There may- Maybe there was. Two headshots? There might have been. I thought there was a gun doing that. Like, the, uh, the Scourge of the Past, um... The Scourge of the Past one, I think, was maybe doing that. I might be misremembering that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't the no feelings, like, two-tapping people with, with, with un, unnerfed box breathing. If you had, if you hit two headshots, I'm pretty sure it was two-tapping. I can't remember. Um, the Scourge of the Past scout with box breathing could. So that had to get nerfed. And I think that's a real clear indication of why... Somebody said it in a little bit ago, and they said that scouts are so balanced that if you try to move them in either direction, they're going to cause all kind of problems. Um, and the minute you start buffing or giving perks or something like that, um, I think the minute that happens, you're you're going to be in you're going to be in a in dangerous position. Because the scouts are just going to take over and everybody's just going to sit back. You have to figure out how to... Um, wasn't box breathing nerfed when Scourge launched? No. I'm pretty sure it was like one or two weeks after, wasn't it? Scourge dropped. That weapon started circulating because the curated roll drops with box breathing, I'm pretty sure. And I think like two weeks later... Um, I think two weeks later they nerfed it. Uh, it it could only two tap with a well or a bubble. Oh, so you had to you had to run. Okay, you had to run a damage thing. I I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly certain. Oh, curated does not drop box breathing. I swore that it did. It's I thought it was a full auto box breathing curated. In any case, in any case, we're getting off on on a, on a side issue. If you make scouts too strong, that's all people are going to do, is they're just going to sit back on lanes, and it's going to be really unfun. Um, it's going to be really, really unfun. It's going to be it's gonna be a very, very passive game. Because you turn them into, like, miniature snipers, if you're not careful. I always said they should feel like miniature snipers in PvE, in PvE, but not in, not in PvP. Oh, it's full auto and zen. Okay, my mistake. Um... So, that's all they do now with snipers? Well, it would get even worse if scouts became super, super strong. Um, this is why we need a split sandbox. I mean, you, you need a split sandbox. You could make scouts crazy lethal and crazy agile so that they become a viable option. Like, make them feel like a, a slightly better version of a bow in the right instances, and then people might use them. But if you do that right now, you're going to destroy PvP, you know? Uh, Freak Elite could a possible fix to scouts be to change how they now to a more sniper scout mix it would have the ability to have higher damage per shot but have limited ammo like some of the slower firing scouts maybe dual mode kind of like the symmetry see what you're talking about here is what I call a variable scout it would shoot differently according to like you're, you're adding it in the other direction you're adding like oh I can I can maybe extend the zoom and you turn it into like a sniper 
you're creating the same problem that I am though I went from the other direction I said oh if you hip fire it it's like an SMG or uh, an auto rifle right now if you're in content and you know PVE content that's slightly challenging and you hip fire your SMG or your auto rifle it'll kind of get the job done it's not ideal though you're not wanting to hip fire your recluse all day long you tend to ADS ADS aim down sight you tend to aim down sight so if a scout could aim down sight and be a really really nice strong long distance weapon and if stuff starts rushing you you could hip fire it and it shot like an auto rifle or an SMG it would be it would be like a blunt instrument it wouldn't be super precise but it would at least get the job done you get people you know you get some of these you know these thrall and you know some of these things off of you right and people are like well that's going to be too too strong that's going to be a one size fits all weapon that certainly is a risk that you take you're taking a similar risk with your suggestion freak you're saying oh it's a distance weapon then it can also sort of turn into a sniper that's i mean that sounds like you're creating an exotic right that's like oh my you're, you're creating an exotic when you do that a variable scout that can turn into a sniper you know on the fly um that would really really mess with combat flow and pvp and you know that because all of a sudden there's a new ammo economy they have to wrangle to the ground because they can't control that with greens um i don't know i would i would always grow concerned i'm always going to be concerned about a weapon overreaching because they want to make it better um there's kind of two ditches that we tend to fall in in destiny one ditch right now rocket launchers are in the ditch of just not strong enough to either bother using and then then you end up with something like the guillotine the guillotine's just so strong it's like why would i not run a guillotine you know it's you you tend to fall in the two ditches it's hard to keep things you know balanced and in the middle um it is it's really really challenging surge polaris lance is one of my favorite weapons uh this might fall along the exotic primary discussion but how could bungie help scouts when so many fights are up close I mean, we basically said that there's not really a way to do this. You can't really go back and reinvent the entire game and its foundations and its design work, especially, you know, enemy aggro patterns are set to be pretty aggressive in this game. And um, I think that's also playing a part. Now, as far as like the exotic primary discussion that we had, I think that exotic primaries should get a modifier buff. We, we called it you know, exotic small arms. So all exotic primaries should just be stronger anytime you're in endgame delta content so that they start to outshine legendary primaries. And now you have somebody running, you know, an exotic primary for ads. Somebody's running like a secondary, you know, exotic for support. And then somebody's running a heavy exotic for DPS. Like each person's kind of taking a role in, in you know, in the environment. I don't... Scouts with that buff would probably be really good in certain environments, especially in raids where or nightfalls where you're taking things slow. Nightfalls, especially, you're more drawn back. You're more taking your time. Now that that might a multi tool might be a killer in the right content if it's getting an exotic primary buff in end game content. You know, it would be it would be suddenly like a really really strong option. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other exotic scouts, uh, the Jade Rabbit. I don't know about the Jade Rabbit, but you know, the, the, the Mida, the Mida would suddenly become a very, very viable option in, in end game content. If it was suddenly given like a huge buff, then you got what Skyburners 
and then you have the one that you mentioned, um, the Polaris Lance. These weapons would all be very, very strong if you went into endgame content and they were getting that buff. Uh, And the reason that I argued for that in my video was the idea that exotic primaries are not worth using in endgame because the power exchange is freaking terrible. But if you knew you could go into endgame content and really keep trash ads at bay, like play content at level on a nightfall and how quickly you kind of kill the trash ads. If you could maintain that combat rhythm by running an exotic primary because of an exotic, you know, primary, you know, buff modifier... I think that would change the way people think about it, you know, and then you wouldn't all want to run primaries. You wouldn't want to completely gut your team loadout, but somebody would basically be your trash ad killing machine. Yeah, they could run something like Prometheus lens or sunshot. And that's just really, really good ad management, really good crowd control. So make scouts use special ammo and then buff them. Now there, there is a suggestion I hadn't considered. I said either remove them or rework them. Switching them to special ammo and buffing them, I feel like you're just going to turn them into like high rate of fire snipers at that point, and then you're going to invalidate snipers in PvE. Um, I don't know. When I first hear that, I think, ooh, that sounds promising, and then I think, ooh, I don't know. That just sounds like a rapid fire sniper, and then that could potentially break a lot of things. I don't know. Um... You could call it a mid-range sniper or something. Yeah, that just still feels kind of risky to me. It just feels risky. We already know that like auto rifles, pulse rifles, and bows have like a place in the game. That's why I thought just get rid of scouts and absorb them into those. Similar to Ariana's vow. Yeah, Ariana's vow is so specific. Yeah, it's really, really specific in how you use it. It doesn't really feel like it's upsetting some sort of hierarchical balance in the game with respect to, like, one weapon type primary over another, you know, secondary. Um, what if snipers were heavy? You could, yeah, you could shuffle the whole thing. You could shuffle the whole thing. All scouts become, uh... All scouts become rapid-fire snipers that use green ammo. All scouts become heavies, and they become DPS weapons. That might be another possibility. I don't know. That's a big shakeup. <laughs> That's a big shakeup. That would take a lot of work. I can't see them doing that. There'd be so much time spent just balancing that, especially with PvP in the realm. Like That would be, that'd be crazy. That could be potentially very, very crazy. Um, everybody would just be running scouts and it'd just be like rapid fire sniper lanes everywhere you go you could really really strangle their ammo and pvp and that might fix it though you know if the time to kill on it is reasonable and it's going to take a lot of ammo consumption it might be totally fine because you would like bam 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 down a hallway and get a kill and now you're out of ammo well that's no different than doming somebody down a lane and being out of ammo you know or doming one or two people miss a shot, hit a shot, that kind of a thing. You'd have to really strangle their ammo in Crucible. It, you'd have to really, really... Uh, so, this entire argument is one big troll, I refuse. It's not! I'm not trolling! I'm not. Sven. 
If it hasn't been asked yet, what weapon class would you introduce in place of scouts? So what I said in the video was you would absorb scouts into pulse rifles, auto rifles, and bows. So you would just take them and reimagine them. So you would go to, you know, this scout here, Song of Justice, and you'd be like, okay, it's a high impact frame. Let's turn it into a bow, right? And so Song of Justice becomes a bow. And then you're like, okay, that's a 150. All right, here's a 180, you know, the Niffle Heim Frost. You'd convert this into a pulse because it's a little bit of a higher rate fire gun and it would make sense to turn this into a pulse. Um, and then, you know, a 200, right? Here's a really high rate of fire night watch scout rifle, 200 RPM. This would just become an auto rifle. Um, you would basically just convert them into other archetypal web like archetypes that are in the game and so you would bolster those weapon pools and get rid of a weapon pool that i feel is is on the verge of just it just feels imbalanced or i'm sorry irrelevant you know you have a handful of standouts man painter of lost causes is really nice weapon but like i just anytime i use this in content the minute i switched off of it to a hand cannon it just everything felt faster and better Everything felt faster and better. Buff my sleeper before you do all that. I know, right? That's impossible. It might be easier to do what I'm suggesting because there are already archetypes in the game. They already have those assets. That might be easier than a total reworking of scouts to make them worth using or creating entire pieces of content or arenas um, where they work if only the disc 47 could hear you now now that's a shout that's a that's a shout back that's a callback the disc 47 i ran that thing religiously and then you know what i did i started running the hand cannon and i never looked back man even back then <laughs> shaitan i think this is a reference to wheel of time isn't it anyway would you argue against bungie perhaps starting to offer newer versions of scouts that may have a laser rework or plasma or maybe a chemical mechanic or just do away with them and adapt more adapt adopt more futuristic weapons in general i don't dislike this idea of converting scouts to a more futuristic style weapon um i could get behind this because this feels more in line with what i want in the game too i want the guns to be more futuristic we're running around right now with like hand cannons and shotguns so much of the time, even a bow. Like those, those aren't futuristic weapons. Those are like Call of Duty weapons. Like we've been using these kind of weapons for like a really, really long time. So like, I generally wish that we did have more future weapons. So I'm not against this suggestion either. Totally rework scouts to be a new weapon type. Turn them all here. I got it. I've solved it and you guys are going to support it and we're going to vote for this and get this get this push through, okay? Convert all legendary scout rifles into legendary trace rifles. Boom. Done. Ship it. We want legendary trace rifles anyway. And the and the and the, the build and size of the weapon frames are very similar. Ship that. Just turn them all into legendary trace rifles. We solved it. End of the video. I'm just kidding. But like I don't know. I'm I'm always in support of more futuristic weapons. Give me fusion rail guns. Give me legendary trace rifles. Give me something that shoots electricity instead of bullets. Like you know what I mean? I I I just think that's a that's a far better road to go down. 
And then if you go down the more space magic route, you can do what I talked about in one of my videos recently where I said, I want a gun to do something. I want to ask the question, what does the gun do? Instead of like, oh, it's pretty good gun, does good damage. No, no, no. What does the gun do? Oh, it's a fill-in-the-blank weapon, and it shoots this thing and does this thing in combat and suppresses blinds, bleeds, whatever. What does the gun do? Homogenize weapon damage and weapon reload and start to add perks that turn weapons into almost like spellcasting. And then you could do something like that. Yeah, get rid of scouts. Who the heck cares? Turn them into trace rifles. You know? This is a suppressing trace rifle. This is a blind blinding trace rifle. This is a chain lightning trace rifle. This is a fissure trace rifle. You actually draw on the ground and it creates traps and burning, you know, anybody that runs over it. You don't actually shoot the enemies with it. Like, so many, right? So many potential ideas they could do with trace rifles and more futuristic weapons that would change the flow of combat and and make it more uh, more enjoyable than what we presently have. I would I would like that. Hitman. Uh Lono, don't you feel that the content dictates the loadouts and if Bungie made more content that needed to scout that they'd have more of a place? I disagree with this actually. I talked about this in the video. I don't think designing content around scouts is a solution. So much of the content you can take virtually every primary into it and it feels like it can kind of get the job done except for scouts. I just think so much of the content Bungie has to use quantity and mobs to make things feel intense and challenging and when they do that scouts just don't have legs so if you make a bunch of content where everything's super far away and more drawn out I mean listen if we're honest a lot of the sections of the moon feel that way the crimson keep strike feels that way but I just run a hand cannon instead because there's times where the enemy gets close to me and I'm glad I have my hand cannon you know I don't know. I even though that felt the moon and the crimson keep felt way more destiny one to me, way more drawn back destiny one combat, and it didn't matter. I still just ran a hand cannon. There were really, really strong scouts in D one. You know, hung jury probably the most notable of the bunch. Vision of confluence being another, but the combat was slower, more drawn back. I felt like there was less enemy saturation. Now I feel like every time I'm playing, I got a major, I got a captain, I got an acolyte, I got four thralls smacking my face. It's I feel like there's more enemies, and the enemies are, have far more aggressive aggro than they did in D1. Deathblood. Legendary scout rifles are pretty weak. With sunsetting coming, that's the perfect opportunity to remove them. I agree. Exotics, however, can be very solid, as seen with the symmetry. What if scout rifles were to become exotic only? I mean, you could, yeah, this would be like the trace rifle situation, right? There's no legendary trace rifles. Trace rifles only show up as exotics, and you could do the same thing with scouts. What do you do with all the existing scouts, though? What do you do with all the scouts maybe you have planned, you know? That's where you should turn, like I said, you know, turn them into legendary trace rifles. Turn them into other rifles. They should model scouts off of the DMR in Halo. It was a pretty good balance between damage and range. I'm not familiar enough to comment on that. I also don't know if the, if you model something around the DMR, is it going to land on Destiny's combat rhythms? Destiny's combat rhythms are the biggest part of this discussion. As I said, like it just the game feels different. The game feels different. You had 
you know, again, in D1, I don't ever feel like I had the level of saturation and aggression that I do in Destiny 2. It just feels different. And I think that's, you know, that's one of that's one of the reasons that I think scouts just need to be completely reworked or removed from the game. It's a wasted archetype is what it feels like. Listen, we, we've been saying the same thing about like 140 hand cannons and 180 hand cannons, right? Either completely get rid of them and absorb them and just convert them all to 150s or rework them to make them worthwhile. Either get rid of 140s and just turn them all into 150s or rework 140s to be worthwhile. I think it'd be easier just to turn them all into 150s. Then you got to rework 110s and 180s to make them viable. 110 should hit like a truck. You should more homogenize the reload speed because without a reload perk, 110s are painful. 180s need a much faster reload and they need a much bigger clip or magazine. But we're saying the same thing. It's like there are archetypes in the hand cannons that either need to be just basically completely done away with or rework them. And I think with scouts, we're not talking about an archetype. We're talking about an entire weapon type that in many respects just does not feel like it has any place in the game right now. And a lot of that, I I, I attribute so much of that to vanilla. Double primary and game design of the encounters, enemy aggro decisions that they made, enemy saturation decisions that they've made. I believe so much of that was made in a double primary environment where scouts did have purpose because you're literally taking two primaries with you. You know? What's the point of archetypes then? Well, just because you homogenize reload speed doesn't mean that you wouldn't still be in an environment where fire rate and damage would de- would come down to preference. Think about it in Fortnite. There was always the classic debate of which is better, the shotgun that was full auto, clung, 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 or the double barrel, clung, clung. That's preferential, right? You're choosing high damage, high risk, or low damage, more consistent. Just boom, 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 boom. I can be kind of less consistent, but I it, it's shooting faster. Then it comes down to preference. The problem with, with, with the way they do like a 110 hand cannon in Destiny is it's like if you don't run a reload perk on your hand on your gauntlets and it has its own reload perk, the reload is so awful, the gun doesn't feel like you can keep up with combat rhythm. But if fire rate and damage output were the main decision factors and reload was more homogenized, you wouldn't think of it in this realm. And then Bungie would be freed up to say, we don't really need to worry about damage perks or reload perks. We can make more creative perks, elemental perks, perks that do different things, perks that are more like spellcasting. Why? Because now you're 110, you're 180, and you're 150. It really, really comes down to which just feels better. 110s might start to feel better if you keep hitting your shots. Why? Because the crit multiplier on a 110 should be really, really nice. But again, it's high risk. If I miss a shot or two, 150s are more consistent. 180s are a little bit more spammy, a little bit more unwieldy. You would use some recoil to rein them in a little bit. Yeah, 180s are really fast and can actually do great damage if you hit lots of headshots. They can actually keep up with a 150 or a 110, but the recoil is something you decide then. It comes down to the user being like, I think a lot of people would still land on 150s because of how consistent they would feel, but 110s in the right hand would suddenly feel like, yeah, this um, this is a nice gun. The reload's not painful, so I can hit those bam, bam, bam. You're just hitting them headshots on those trash ads, just tearing them down. And 
you're you're you you can't leave out the second half of what I said. The real question should be what does this weapon do? If I had a 110 that was spell casting, think of it as space magic, every third headshot caused something crazy to happen, that might make me use it in certain circumstances over a 150 that can't get that perk. Do you see? You would start to create perks and almost like a spell casting effect and be like, well, 110s are the only hand cannon archetype that can get this particular perk because it makes them really, really lethal if used properly. The question should be, what does the weapon do? it should feel more like space magic. When you get weapons in games like Diablo, you're checking the flavor text. What does this axe do? Yeah, 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 I swing it, and there's a DPS number. I don't give a frick about that. What does it do? Knockback, bleed, scare. You know, I think it's called fear. You check those flavor texts, because you're like, I want to know what this weapon does. In certain circumstances, certain flavor texts and certain abilities are better than others. That, to me, is the road for guns in Destiny, right? Just rename scouts to snooze rifles and then be done. They're solved. <laughs> Darksider with the next question. Thanks, Mama. Uh, with 200 and 260 RPM scouts feeling pretty great in PvE, Randy's, uh, the Black Reach, and the Patron, could Bungie focus on higher RPM scouts only instead of removing them? You could really, really only invest in higher RPM scouts, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I need agility. I need something for close range. Give me the ability to, to, to on-the-fly change the scope. There were there were guns like that in Call of Duty. Let me hit a button and, and like slide the scope. I'm getting pushed. I hold down reload, slap the scope down, and now it's more close range. Maybe it raises the fire rate. Again, I feel like a variable scout would be the answer here. Although they're really high rate of fire, you'd probably be okay. Um, if you if 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 you could you know change it to be more close range, so I I can one hundred percent get behind the idea here of like invest in the ones that have potential. They're great hip fire too. Then maybe that's just it. Maybe scout rifles need to only be showing up as high rate of fire because slow rate of fire just feels like a really dumb, weak sniper rifle. Maybe that's part of it too. As we've said, to take 140 hand cannons and turn them all into 150s. Just all the future scout rifles should be, what, 200, 260 and give them some way to do like a close range burst attack. Maybe let me change the scope. So if I'm in in more mid-range combat, I don't need to be looking down this really, really long range scope. You know, boards with the next question. How could Bungie make scouts viable weapon type? Why would changing them into an auto hip fire and ADS semi sniper gun do the trick? Sorry for the dual question. Yeah, no, this is fine. This was in the video, and we basically have said that this idea has potential, but it also has a lot of risk. It may turn the weapon into much of a one size fits all weapon that overrides a lot of weapon choice, especially if there's new perks, stronger perks, or you know whatever going on. That has a this is a potential problem. I like the idea because I've suggested this before. But I do think this comes with great risk. This does. This feels like it could cause lots of issues, um, in in both PVE and PVP. You know, what about zoom? Yeah, let me zoom it out a little bit. If I could zoom it out a little bit, it might not be that bad. It might feel like a scout rifle hand cannon hybrid a little bit. You know what I mean? An under barrel for a shotgun. Oh, that that would get absurd. Can you imagine facing facing people in PVP with that? Gillian to mist. 
Could reworking scouts to feel like hand cannons with range and maybe giving them an adjustable two times, four times scope give them more viability? Man, we were like, this is, we see, this is why Q&A is always so funny. We're all thinking along the same line here. You've either got to rework the weapon to fit into the mold of the game, or you got to get rid of it. And I think this is a suggestion we just basically made, giving me the ability to adjust the zoom so it would feel more like a hand cannon. But you still might like a hand cannon better because it just feels less clunky. It just feels more agile. There would still be a reason to pick a hand cannon over a scout rifle. I still think uh, there would be some good potential there to not feel like you you have to like oh no scouts are the best. Scouts are better than you know. Scouts are better than everything else in the game. That's always the risk when you mess with the weapon is you over tune. If you over tune. All of a sudden, you've made a weapon that just becomes the, not pick that, pick that, pick that. Like, it's the only thing worth picking. And that's the danger here, is you could do the same thing. You could really, really do the exact same thing uh, to scouts if you're not careful. Mr. Han Brolo says, I feel like scouts are in a good place for PvP, often overlooked for autos. I feel like the only only the oxygen in the player's lance are worth it in PvE since they offer the elemental effects in the AoE. Rather than remove, how could they improve them? Well, you can't make everything... Um, you can't turn everything into the... Uh, <laughs> into the, the those weapons, right? Well, these ones are good, and then you just make everything like that. Everything's like the oxygen. Everything's like the Polaris Lance. I don't think that's a solution. I think we've outlined a handful of ideas that they could use. But I will say, as I was just saying a little bit ago, I think the more you lean away from reload and damage perks and go more towards elemental perks, scouts could have some potential. What if the first three bullets out of a out of an adept, you know, scout would be? Um, anchors for chain lightning <laughs> so you're like chunk, and then when you reload it initiates like chain lightning or something you know what I'm saying well, that might make an ex- that would probably need to be an exotic but you get the point like if they lean more towards elemental perks then there's a lot more things they can do like what I just said I mean that that's just off the top of my head but that'd be hilarious you shoot like three enemies in the head and then reload and it initiates chain lightning and they all get suppressed. You know? Yeah, more almost like more like a Borderlands, right? So you get into that with exotics, but you could I think you could start to introduce ideas like that again if you moved away from damage and reload perks and leaned more towards elemental perks. Drake Han says, do you believe Bungie put in bows as a replacement for scouts? What difference could you give scouts to make them different and viable? Well, the second question we've answered a lot, so I'm going to take your first question. Do I think they put in bows as a replacement for scouts? No. I I think it was for fun. <laughs> I think it was for fun. It was like, oh, these will be cool. It gets everybody excited. A bow? Really? And, Desi- and then like, you, I remember using a bow almost the entire time in the campaign of Forsaken. I was like, I never thought I would like need or want a bow in Destiny. It just felt really, really good, you know. Now, as I moved on, I I, I moved away from bows. I, I like them less and less as time went on, just because I I don't know. I kind of fell back in with hand cannons. Um, I really fell in love with the Warden's Law, even though one tens aren't that great, but. I don't think they did it as a replacement for scouts, no. I think it was because it was fun. 
it was a bit it was a it was the right time to give you a fresh feeling in the game no more double primary random rolls oh and check out these bows it was you know it was a smart play you really really made the weapon system the weapon pool feel fresh because they did not add a lot of loot in forsaken it was not like taken king where they sunset everything and completely updated the game the loot delivery in Forsaken was actually pretty small, considering, you know, all things considered. It wasn't a ton, and that made it feel fresh. No more double primary, no more random rolls, and they added bows. And, you know, what, there was like two, maybe three bows at the time. Uh, Zanak says, If scouts are removed, would there need to be some additional balancing to snipers and hand cannons? Hand cannons range nerf reversed. Oh, we just need such a we just need a split sandbox like you gotta be I, they need to be able to tune hand cannon range in crucible um, and then not mess with it in, in PVE and then snipers snipers are in a similar scenario like snipers are like stupidly strong in in crucible especially if you use a controller they're broken <laughs> like <laughs> aim assist on snipers in a crucible on a controller is just it's it's silly <laughs> I was hitting so many snipes the last time I played, and I told people, I was like, the game is hitting these snipes for me. I am not hitting these snipes. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's hard for me to comment on this because there's so much of what, you know, genuinely needs to happen. They kind of can't do it if they don't split the game sandbox. Maybe we're going to get that in September. Maybe we are getting some good engine updates that will empower them to do that to really free them up if you think about it they really want to you know create these best in class standout weapons that's going to be as some of the crucible guys were nervous about like well that might cause a lot of problems in the crucible well if they made some good engine changes and they can really split sandbox and make and make good tweaks maybe we could get to a place where snipers are viable in pve but not busted in pvp and hand cannons can get some of their range back but not you know they don't become the only gun worth using in in crucible you know what i mean rain the dark morning lono when you were talking about this originally from the call where you mentioned reusing the models of the scouts but changing their different weapon types like pulses and autos could they do this to make these weapons better by or what could they do to make these weapons better by removing scouts well i think pulses and autos are fine like removing scouts would just be like essentially removing an unneeded weapon type here, I'll do you one better. Why not going forward? They're just not in any of the weapon pools. We're not going to do scouts in trials. We're not going to do scouts in raids, uh, dungeons, world loot pools, none of it. Why? Because it's just an archetype that generally gets ignored. So why add it, right? Why add it? And, and don't add things like fusion rifles unless you're going to make them really worth using. Don't add sniper rifles in PvE unless you're going to make snipers worth using in PvE either make them worth using make them worth using and update them or don't add them to the game there's nothing worse than getting like a, like getting into end game content and getting something like a fusion rifle or a sniper and you're like I'm not going to use this in PVE I'm not going to use this in PVE you know what I mean I'm just going to sit by the wayside uh, necrogen Instead of getting rid of scouts from the game, how about merging them with pulses? Treat scouts as an alt fire. Oh, so you're doing this a little bit differently. You're saying merge them, but then you have with the, you'd have the scout as an alternate fire, so you could go to single shot. This is bringing the same 
the spirit of the suggestion of making them variable. So there's a part of me that's like, yeah, make them variable. Allow me to switch the rate of fire. So it's like a pulse, like, blit, 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 and then you see something long distance, and you switch it to kaboom, kaboom. That's a problem in Crucible. I'm already seeing that being a problem in Crucible, because the only reason I'm going to switch, right, the only reason I'm going to switch to single fire is if it's really, really strong. And that's a threat to Crucible. Don't you see? So many of these... <laughs> so many of these suggestions are good, but then it would bust Crucible. Now, somebody might push back here and say, well, even if it wouldn't break Crucible, wouldn't that just invalidate all pulse rifles? All pulse rifles would feel inferior because they don't have that extra option to go single rate of fire. Well... Let's take Necrogen suggestion all the way around. You mold scouts into pulses, and all pulses have triple or single rate of fire. All of them. You just you, you create a brand new weapon type, and you, you keep the name Pulse Rifle, but you give all Pulse Rifles the ability to switch from Pulse to essentially Scout, and you get the, you know, the increased damage when you do that. Um, but you gotta make sure it doesn't break Crucible. If I switch it to its scout firing mode, the crit multiplier should become kind of crazy, but you can't let that run amok in Crucible. It would still need to just be a three-tap. You know? Uh, Quad says, Can scouts and pulses be integrated into one group of different archetypes? The slowest is an auto-160. The fastest is a 543 burst. This is very, very much similar to um, Necro's question. The idea of basically bringing scouts and pulses together and having a more happy marriage of spectrum. I could get behind this. This is very similar to why I said just turn scouts into other rifles. Turn them into auto rifles and pulse rifles because they don't stand on their own. They need some help. These other archetypes have natural things about them that make them you know, kind of worthy. Ink Toxicant. Would the addition of multiple firing modes on guns eliminate some of the archetypes we rely on? A burst slash auto or burst single for rifles, blending those for close and far range combat. Yeah, you guys were all, you guys, I I wonder, were you guys discussing this in the Discord and then you all got question ideas? You guys all submitted these questions in close proximity. It's like great minds think alike. I think you guys were like, brainstorming in the in the discord and then you all ran to submit questions yeah this is very very similar to the questions we've asked up to now i think you guys are are on the right track is that single fire rate long range scout rifles right now don't have legs in the game the only way that you get them to get legs in the game is by marrying them with something else that's already working well whether it's a pulse or an auto rifle or something like that you know and then you can't it completely invalidate hand cannons or bows. I'm not so much worried about bows, but like hand cannons and SMGs and auto rifles, and you know they all need to, they all need to to still be viable, not completely outshined. You make this new hybrid weapon type, and no one would use anything but that. You know what I'm saying? It, you got to be very very careful. The Raz. Would making scouts similar to primary versions of a sniper, one or two shots to the head for most enemies, make them better than completely removing them? Also, are there good exotic scouts, Polaris and Jade Rabbit? What should we do with them? I said at the beginning of the video, I would leave exotics alone. However, what you're suggesting isn't bad, but there's two still potential problems. Number one, crucible. Number two, a lack of agility for how much close range combat we have to engage in in PvE. 
so much close range so much quantity so much just getting mobbed um i think that's a potential problem for your suggestion you're not solving for the entire problem we got to solve for x and y lethality and agility you're only solving for lethality which doesn't solve for agility which would make most people still lean on pulses and hand cannons and pve they'd be like yeah it's still not agile enough they might so if they really wanted to lean on scouts they might still again just go to a bow because a bow just has that agility doesn't feel clunky you know uh, username I'm having chest pain says with the idea of removing scouts what about getting rid of the RPM types for weapon types everyone usually tends to flow towards the middle of the road RPMs anyways and ends up leaving the others in the dust this is related to a suggestion uh, that I made earlier I the suggestion I made earlier is if you harm if you homogenize reload then a lot of the question then comes down to preference if I can shoot slow and do really high damage, and if there's perks that only land on 110s to make them cool or awesome, I can go more middle of the range and maintain my rate of fire a little bit more, but I do a little bit less damage than the 110. And then the 180 is a lot faster, but again, I'm dealing with recoil and less damage. That's more preferential, more contextual depending on how close or far enemies tend to be, how many enemies there are, what did the perk benefits offer you, right? And if they all kind of generally feel the same on reload, you're not feeling that sense of, oh my gosh, this gun takes an, a thousand years to reload. Think about the, the, the King's Fall hand cannon. The King's Fall hand cannon was actually not that bad in PvE. It was pretty decent, but the reload was literally painful you could like you just you couldn't stomach it it's like i cannot do this and that was in the slower combat style of d1 even back then like th- that slow reload on that king's fall hand cannon i used the thing one time i was like i will never ever use this it's just too slow uh even with even when you try to help its reload it was awful you like slap the gun down like reloaded and slap the gun up. It's actually a really, really good reload animation, but homogenizing reload speed would I think really, really help with the idea of you're choosing between RPM and that RPM comes with benefits and cost. High RPM is lower damage. Uh, It's lower damage, but it's um, got some recoil. You know, mid-range RPM is more tried and true, but it can't quite hit the high damage uh, and the spray patterns of the high RPM and the low RPM has really high damage and again specific perks to make maybe that one ha- you know handle a little bit better so Dracus Pander instead of a clean sweep of all scouts what archetypes might be tweaked and how would you tweak them I think somebody made a good suggestion earlier only really add the higher RPM ones because uh, they're the ones that feel you know the most worthwhile and just avoid the super super slow ones um, you could even convert maybe reissue a bunch of old scouts um, reissue them slap random rolls on them and give them that high rate of fire you know Brendan Shouldn't we wait till Beyond Light is released before we take out scouts? The reason scouts aren't good is because everything is close to us. If encounters are like D1, they would be okay. Well, they could also do some updates to the archetype itself. They could also, you know, do some things with stasis and other elements and other abilities and other perks to make scouts worthwhile. So, I'm 
I'm just wanting to put this out into the into the the ether and into the air of getting people's minds on like the idea that we need to ask for some big changes to scouts or they're going to continue to just sit by the wayside. I don't think the only answer is to make content that's a little bit more drawn back. I don't think that's the only answer. I think you need to do a little bit more than that. That doesn't feel like enough. That feels like a, a half measure. Sorcerer of Havoc. What if they change scouts to rapid fire like Apex does with the Hemlock? The faster you fire, the faster it shoots the rounds. This isn't bad. I think this touches on what we already said though that like the higher RPM scouts tend to be the ones that are most worth you the, the ones most 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 worth using. Um most worth. I was turning it into most. Most. Uh it's the most worth using. And so I, this is touching on that. I don't know if this is a, this is a, a fully orb solution. This feels like an archetype they could maybe add uh, to scouts in the vein of like they need more agility, they need more lethality, they need more speed. You know, the hemlock is a three round burst. I'm not familiar with that gun type, or I mean, I played Apex, but not enough to know what what exactly he was referencing. Uh, Mike on to Mike. What's good, homie? Do you think the damage increase, crit multiplier, utility update, and map design is enough to warrant use of scouts? I'm not sure myself. Well, I mean, map design in Crucible, the problem is, is you have so many maps that just are, are, aren't going anywhere. I don't think they can go redesign those maps. They can't redesign strikes. They can't redesign encounters or public space or lost sectors. That's, there's so many pieces to this to this puzzle. Now, Maybe since they're shelving so many planets um, and they're bringing back, you know, Cosmodrome and Europa, maybe, maybe there'll be more room for scouts and, you know, some good quality of life updates and changes to them along with, you know, Cosmodrome and Europa going forward when they bring planets back or add things, they could keep that into consideration. Like, you know, here's, here's, here's some ground level changes we've made to enemy saturation, enemy aggro, enemy placement to give scouts a little bit more footing. It's possible. That feels like a lot of work for one gun type to really constantly consider that. Imagine that being something your team has to constantly, constantly do, right? Imagine constantly every time they, they, they're adding a strike or a public space or a lost sector or something, they have to consider, oh, we have to make sure we leave some room for scouts. That's one weapon type that's suddenly becoming very, very dominant in the design, in the design philosophy and, and, and processes for, for Bungie. I, to me, it makes more sense to tell the weapon team to work on the weapon itself rather than retool the entire dadgum game. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't it make more sense to retool scouts to land on the game as opposed to retooling the game to let scouts have footing? Just that seems kind of backwards. And it seems like a tall order. Eknor. Now that top tier perks are nerfed, do you think the nerf to crit hit multiplier is hurting these weapons? Nerf was uh, for finishers, I think. Most scouts, you need three or four headshots to kill a red bar. As the dust is settling on the crit hit multiplier, I do think scouts probably are one of the one of the you know the the archetypes that got hit the worst. Um, I also think pulse rifles do sometimes feel kind of weak. Like it's like man, I'm just laying into this thing. I, so I think they could look at some of that in PVE specifically, where they lowered some of that. And I think people are right. Like some of that was done so like you could have a lot of enemies with like a sliver of health for finishers. Um, 
but I I don't know. I don't know if that's that's the right way to design uh, gun combat. If you're going to nerf my gun so that I do finishers, let me just be real with you. I think that that's stupid because how many enemies are you killing that you're not wanting to go use a finisher on? I would say 90% of the enemies you shoot with your primary, you just want them to die. You, like, how often do I really want to stop and boom, finisher? How often do I really want to do that? I like finishers. I like some of the utility they could bring to the game, especially when we would use them in uh, master level nightmare hunts and we were doing the time trials. It'd be like you'd get a champion to where they were quote unquote finishable. That was actually a nice mechanic. I thought finishers were lame until I did that. And I was like, oh, wow, getting an enemy to being like, oh, finish them, finish them. That's actually really helpful. Uh, and then there, there's some, there was some ammo utility you could use. I thought heavy ammo finder was dope uh, in the right content because sometimes you don't need your super that often. Like in Sundial, I was just always having ammo for my my Xeno and my and my swords, and it felt really really fun. Um, so y- you know, if you if you are gonna design damage output and average trash add time to kill around finishers, I think that's a terrible decision. Um, because again, nine out of ten times when I'm shooting an enemy, I just want it to die. I don't want to run up and do a finisher every time. It's still, this is still a shooter at its core. And the shooting mechanics are very satisfying. That's one of the reasons people like the game so much. So they may need to reassess crit multipliers and average time to kill on trash ads because that might be one of the things making primaries feel super weak in the end game. Slipknot. What if scouts weren't fully auto uh, rifles when hip fired, but instead just had a higher rate of fire, and then it was more of a scout rifle when ADS? This, yeah, we've already addressed this slipknot, so I'm going to kind of glide over this one. The torch, a scout like the symmetry with its exotic perk, make hip firing very effective. If they reworked how scouts hip fire, that could make them viable enough to keep them. This again is one we've already we've already answered a couple times today. Uh, McDiesel. What is wrong with how scouts were in D1? I remember scouts usually being a decent option in PvE like the Hung Jury. I think they are bad now because of the pendulum swing from D2 Vanilla. It's 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 not just the pendulum swing of D2 Vanilla. It's encounter design, uh, enemy saturation, enemy aggro, how close everything is to you. The game just isn't built for them and it was different in D1. Based on Impulse. What if we took scouts and we classified them as DMRs? You could buff their damage to be higher, but not as high as snipers. You could also have the possibility of special heavy DMRs with a little more utility. You're touching on a couple of suggestions we had today. Make them special weapons, make them make snipers heavy weapons, like shuffle it all down. Um, I don't think this is a terrible suggestion. I think this is a sizable suggestion right? There are already auto rifle and pulse rifle archetypes. You could convert scouts to those archetypes, I think with relative ease because the assets and the default settings of those archetypes are already sort of set. Completely reclassifying them and creating a new weapon type. Like I said, you know, turn them into trace rifles. That again is a tall, tall order. I think that's really unlikely, even though it might be cool. I can't see them doing that. 
last question from Ashen Hollow before we go into the VIP call-ins. If you are here right now and you want to do like the after show call-in after I'm done recording this Q&A, I let folks call in. You got to be a VIP tier or higher. If you want to support me directly, you can do that through sntrpresents.com. That takes you to the Patreon. If you're here in the live audience right now, you can click the join button or type exclamation point join. Uh, the free way to support if you just want to be here for the talks, discussions, and the podcast vibe is to click subscribe and the bell button. That's free. Okay. Also, if you're driving or in a workplace where you can't get access to YouTube, all supporters, Patreon tier one or YouTube tier one above, all supporters have access to an audio only option in Discord. All day long, I'm in a, ba- a Patreon podcast uh, voice chat. So if you are unable to access YouTube, that is an audio only option for you. Okay. YouTube has audio only options if you want to do premium. Um, you need to call an emote? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ash and Hollow. Do you think Bungie looks at scouts and other weapons as junk loot to allow them to better pad out the loot pool? Um, I would say this is true sometimes of, like, perks, but not of guns. I really, really don't think so. I really don't think that Bungie's like, yeah, 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 we gotta pad the loot pool. Let's have some junk weapons. I don't think that the time they have to take the build test and add perks and make sure the guns work. It would be really weird for them to go through all that and be like, yeah, these are just junk weapons to pad. If you're going to take the time to design the weapon, test the weapon, put the perks on the weapon, you know, have the art department design what it looks like. I would think that you would want the weapon to actually be getting used. I don't think that it, I don't think in their mind there are junk weapons. Now maybe junk perks, but not because they think the perk is a throwaway, but because you have to have a spectrum of perk quality, right? What's this do? Oh, it increases hip fire. What's this do? Oh, an explosion on a critical kill. Oh, you have to have a spectrum of perk quality. I don't I don't think they have junk um You know what I mean? never there there doesn't need to be a uh there doesn't need to be like i don't think this like idea of like oh we got to add junk weapons to pad the pad the loot pool so uh so if you're listening to this in other locations itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube again you can catch me live at say no to rage.com that'll bring you to the youtube channel if you want to support via patreon instead sntrpresents.com will take you to the patreon if you're here live don't go anywhere we're going to switch to a call-in session and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that followed my talk and Q&A about removing scouts from the game. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live on YouTube at saynotorage.com. Monday through Friday during the day, we are doing these talks and discussions. If you want to support me directly and get some of the perks in Discord, head over to sntrpresents.com to support the Patreon. Or if you're on YouTube, you can click the Join button and pick one of the tiers. The tiers are identical. Whether you do it on YouTube or Patreon, you get the same benefits in Discord, especially if you're wanting to take part in the call-in sessions. We're going to start off things with Darksider, and we might have some good disagreement today, because I know some people were definitely not thinking I was, you know, making good suggestions. They think scouts are fine, or uh, there's other approaches here. So, Darksider, what do you got for me uh, today? Well, I want to continue my question I asked in the Q&A, and that whenever you mention that scouts don't feel like they have agility or aren't really go great at close quarters, it felt like you never played with the 200 RPM and the 260 RPM archetype. Well, those archetypes are 
less in number than the others, but mm -hmm. they solve all the issues you have with Scout because they usually have higher ammo capacity. The two sixes are all fully automatic and the scopes are normally close ranged. So they mm -hmm. feel better into close range than into the further ranges. I I will say that when I used Patron of Lost Causes during Season of Dawn, that I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but I, I my memory was that when I switched back to a hand cannon, it just didn't feel like the the scout. There's something about it felt weaker. So maybe they need to look at like crit multiplier or just base damage because the well the, uh, to which hand cannon did you return? I'm trying to think of what I really used back. Oh, you know what? I'm, we actually didn't use hand cannons that often in Season of Dawn. I think maybe I was going back to a pulse rifle because those were the only ones that could use the champion mod. So I think I was switching between. Um, no, I remember what I did now. I ran a bow. I ran a bow in Sundial because bow, I think I was kind of running Spiteful Fang or something like that because they could run the champion mods as well. And for some reason. I ended up gravitating to it more. I will concede that you are right, that the higher RPMs feel better. The 200, the patron did feel nice, but I want to, I'm going to push back a little bit. This is all subjective, right? It's experiential. I feel like 260 RPMs, like the Black Scorpion, I just feel like they, they, they're chiseling. They're super, they feel too weak. Maybe they, maybe that's the issue for me is that whenever I try to use these, these quang, 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 the, the, the viced rapid fire full auto, they just feel like they're. I'm shooting staples. I don't know. Maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I should give them a fair shake, but they just don't feel very strong. I agree that damage-wise, they are the weakest of the scouts, mm -hmm. but they still only take like max even at uh, 150 nightfalls, max two headshots, two crits to kill a red bar, which feels in the line with all the other primary ammo weapons. Yeah, I mean, maybe I overstated my case, but as you said, maybe that's because there's not enough of them. Maybe that's part of the problem. There there seems to be more of the 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 maybe the 180s, the 150s. Um maybe that's why the Manananan was one of the more popular ones. It was a 200 RPM with explosive rounds and it just kind of felt as as far as I know, you know, D2 vanilla, this was the most popular scout rifle was the Manananan, followed maybe by the 765 and the Pel the the Peliades corrector or whatever, the one from Future War Cult felt pretty good too. Um so e I think even if I concede your point that there are some that maybe I didn't give a fair shake, maybe that does lead to the the, the real issue is that most scouts just don't feel like they can keep up with agility and lethality. You've really got to go to the higher rate of fire, which leads to the idea that a lot of people were promoting of maybe not a lot, but a handful of people were saying maybe combine them with pulse rifles so that you have a the um, you could switch it down to the 200 or the 260 slow rate or, or single fire or go to pulse and there'd be different reasons to do that. Um, and then obviously the concern would be PvP. Do you, I mean, <clears throat> do you think that there's somewhere in the middle for us then because you know what would they what would they even be able to do to the slower fire rate scouts the high impacts especially in the precision frames that are you know 180 150 they just don't feel like there's a lot of room for them in the game well i that's the issue i agree that 150 and 180 should be removed but not because they are scouts and bad but because the rpm and kind of their role Mm -hmm. overlaps with hand cannons as they have 150 hand cannons and 180 
Because mm. if you compare, for example, the scholar, the tri scout, around 50 to a 150 hand cannon in PvP and in PvE, they set, they are kind of the same damage and have the same time to kill, but the scout will feel much slower and clunkier. Yeah. So I think the 180s should be replaced. 180s and 150 should be replaced by hand cannons. Maybe mm. tweak the range and perks and then focus on the 200 and the 260s in a way that they have perks like full auto explosive rounds where the main role is disruption, not damage, but disrupting. Mm. Because uh, 200 are full auto explosive rounds patron or the randies or the symmetry is pretty good in PvP against sniper rifles as it the explosive rounds flinch heavily. Yeah, maybe we need more 260s. Is the Randy's the only 260 in the game? Uh, there are two. There are three 260s. Randy's, the Blackreach, uh, SR, and the Symmetry. Hmm. Oh, that's right, the Symmetry, because it, it's an exotic. Huh. Yeah. May, like, and this is kind of like what we talked about with the um, with the 140, 150, and the hand cannon. Yeah, the Black Scorpion and the contingency. You know, when we talked about absorbing the 140 archetype into the 150s on hand cannons, they could potentially do something very similar here is chop off the bottom two, the 180, 150, turn those all on the hand cannons, and then purely focus on, you know, 200 and, two, 200 and the 260s. Is there another archetype in between? No. No. Okay. Also... Another point that says the 200 RPMs are the preferred ones is majority of the exotic scouts are 200 RPM. Only the Jade Rabbit is 150. All the others are Mm -hmm. 200. Like the Maida, the Skyburner, and the Symmetry is the 260. Okay, so they are on the higher end. Some are saying Polaris is 150. So yeah, there are more higher RPM exotics than lower rpm while the legendary is exactly the opposite oh yeah polaris is 150 yeah it it i think what you're highlighting and what i was trying to highlight in the video is it just it comes down to combat rhythm and there's got to be a way to get scouts in the lane of combat rhythm because they just feel so it's like trying to use a 110 hand cannon right now it just doesn't feel right it feels like it gets it kind of falls behind and some of that with 110 is related to the reload speed, but also, um, you know, it. There's this is where they could, you know, if they're going to keep the slow rate of fire guns in the game, 110 hand cannons or, you know, one 180 and 150 scouts, you have to give them something that, like, only they can get, a perk that makes them suddenly viable in the right instances, whether it's really high stun, really high damage, or something to that nature. I like where where you're headed, though. It's a similar mindset to mine. Yours is a little less extreme. Yours is You're basically saying, slide 180s and 150s off the table, turn them into hand cannons, focus purely on the 200-260s, and give them the ability... Um, with perks and and maybe even maybe even you know they might need some damage treatment in PVE to get them back on the table uh, for the, the two the two problems I wanted to solve with scouts was lethality and agility and it's possible that the two hundreds uh, the two hundred scouts and the two sixty scouts can actually solve that problem if handled properly. So, do you have anything else to say on the subject before I move on? 
No, this is all. You can move on. Okay. That was good. That was good. That was good. I, that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do call-ins with VIPs and, and, and have this kind of back and forth because sometimes you can't quite have that back and forth with a, with a text chat. So I like when folks are going to be willing to call in and uh, and disagree with me. Avenger, you're up next. What do you got on the subject? Yeah, so um, there's certain things that I agree with a lot with what you're saying. There's certain things that I disagree with, and I think the big- biggest thing that I have disagreeing is the core, ar- the core of the argument, mm-hmm. saying that you know scouts should be removed or scouts should be repurposed or whatever it may be. Um, I don't think the core issue is that scouts are bad, so scouts need to be removed. I think you- when you're talking about it, you're saying you know the combat situations that they're put in. I think that, you know, and we've talked about this before, about the difficulty in D1 compared to D2 and, like, what the situations that come in. I think the core concept that we should be looking at shouldn't be, well, scout rifles are bad, so let's just re-implement them into different different archetypes, different weapons. It should be... The issue is that the combat situations and the difficulty in the game aren't giving any... Like, aren't giving that weapon to shine in minus, like, one or two encounters in a raid... Or, you know, one or two situations. I think that difficulty and the changing of difficulty um, more geared towards um, D1. Because in D1, all archetypes were able to shine and all all weapons were able to shine. Um, mm-hmm. it, more than just one occasion. And I feel like the difficulty needs to be looked at. Because I think if difficulty is solved, if the difficulty issue is solved overall, then I think scout rifles would be solved overall. And I wanted to see if you had a similar opinion or you think that even if they change the difficulty, would that fix it or not fix it? Yeah, I I think I feel like I <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like I touched on this in the video, but sort of indirectly. I said that our power is requiring a lot more of like mobs and close quarters combat. I feel like they try and just turn the faucet on. And I said that intensity tends to come from quantity. And I think a really good example of this can be clearly seen in the reckoning. So they if they want if they want to make things harder on us, they either increase quantity or just go nuts with pain. So you got like the power delta and 12 negative modifiers in a Grandmaster Nightfall, and then you have like Reckoning. So I do feel you're, I don't think that you're wrong that the difficulty is one of the reasons why people just tend to run away from scouts because you're either dealing with pure quantity, just getting mobbed by, by ads, right? And so you tend to face tank and go with like a hand cannon and a shotgun. Or you go into a Grandmaster Nightfall scenario where things really, really slow down and you tend to either avoid the pain or you try to just kind of face tank with wells and bubbles and people tend to lean on things like Izanagi or snipers. Um, now, those could be environments where where everything slows down because a Grandmaster is really kind of putting you back on your heels. That is an area where scouts could start to shine. I still just don't feel like they're strong enough. I feel like even in that environment, you're really going to lean towards either a pulse or a hand cannon, um, maybe even a bow, just because of you're not always far away. It really comes down to the uh, here's the other here's the other problem is that combat rhythm isn't always the same. So you go from one area where everything's sort of far away, and then in another area, you have a lot of the punching and the ankle biting. So Maybe some of this lands on other guns. Maybe we just don't have enough ammo for shotguns and fusion rifles. So when we are in those scenarios where we feel like, my gosh, there's so many things getting up in my face. If I had 
more fusion rifle ammo, more trace rifle, more, well, you know, trace rifles aren't the greatest for close quarters, um, but shotguns and fusions, maybe that's another area that needs to be looked at. If, if we are getting mobbed and swarmed, maybe they could equip us to have a little bit more ammo in our shotguns and fusion rifles so that you could say, eh, this content, it actually really is good to have a scout rifle. There's a lot of drawn back engagements, and when things get close to you, you have enough shotgun and fusion rifle ammo to really handle the, the what we would call close quarters combat. What I think ends up happening is you know that most content is going to have a mixture of drawn back, maybe, and close quarters. So you tend to go with something that can do both. That's why double primary, I think, laid a lot of the bad groundwork here. Double primary, you would just run an auto rifle and a scout or a hand cannon and a scout. You kind of had both ranges all the time. Now you have to pick something that gets to kind of wear both hats. There's going to be some distance range fighting. There's going to be some close quarters fighting. So you tend to gravitate towards a hand cannon because you're like, this tool is a little bit more universal and it's, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be in a strike or a nightfall where it's always drawn back and slowed down. So I don't disagree with you. I think if, if, if we had, you know, King's fall the entire time, everything was pretty far away from you. I can't think of an encounter in Kingsfall where stuff was right on top of you now the thrall could get kind of close but they approach from pretty far away so if you positioned yourself properly you could kill most everything before it really it really got on top of you now I baited the thrall in the war priest room and would punch them and make orbs as a titan so that hunters could get extra tethers but like that was pretty specific the Golgoroth they're coming down a hallway um, in both encounters, sisters and orcs, you're you're almost always on a plate or up high, sort of removed from the ads. I I don't know. Maybe they need to do that. I'm always concerned when you build content for a particular weapon or build. That always is a little bit concerning. Um, War priest, if you played mid, even then though, if you played mid, most people would hang back by. Um, by like the door where you came in and you still had really long approaches you didn't want to get super close because the war priest would start lighting you up and then the knights come out you know they're right on top of you so it's I don't know the premise of my argument is not scouts are bad get rid of them it's scouts don't seem to have an avenue in the game and even when you find places where they do have an avenue there are other tools that can kind of wear both hats like a hand cannon especially I think is one of the big issues and you're like am I gonna take a scout or a weapon that can kind of do what a scout does but can also handle the close quarters and that I think is where the challenge lies that do they want to make content that is basically king's fall everything's more drawn back and then that's where you take your scouts Uh, I know people usually point to the first dungeon uh, in the dreaming city I always forget the name of that dungeon Shatter Throne. Throne. A lot of people point to Shatter Throne, and they're like, "Scouts are great in there." I'm like, "Okay, I mean, that's that's one in that's one encounter." I I tend to lean towards what Darksider was saying, which get rid of the slower rate of fire ones. You know, really invest in the high rate of fire ones. Maybe give them a slight damage buff, and then maybe I'd 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 see the agility and lethality in a better place, so that they they don't feel so. I don't know. They just feel really hamstrung, and that it. A pulse rifle and a hand cannon and a bow almost always can do the job that a scout can do, and then they can do other things. 
You know what I mean? It's like they can bu- every, all all guns, the scout, the pulse, the bow, and the hand cannon can all do pretty good mid to long range combat. But the scout can't handle close range, and all those other guns tend to do a better job at close range. I think that's fundamentally where the problem lies. Yeah, and the the one thing like I agree that I think like certain lower RPM uh, scouts, obviously, I think there's an issue there. I think there's two there's an oversaturation of the archetypes, and there's an undersaturation of the weapons in the archetypes. And that's how I see it. And I think that, you know, so I, I agree that certain things should be dropped. I think maybe there should be more perks tied to scout rifles that make them more mm-hmm. um, unique or more powerful. You know, if you're at this distance, if you're at a longer distance, you know, you get a damage increase on crit strike. But at the same time, when you're talking about encounters that are specifically tied to a weapon, I think there's that good balance. I mean, you brought up King's Fall where, you know, you're using a scout all the time. And... You could be using an auto rifle or a hand cannon or you could use different things, but your best option would be a scout rifle in a few situations. You know, I still had snipers on. I would snipe the, if I was on a plate, I'd turn and snipe the hobgoblins that would spawn in. And then I turn and use an auto just to spray down the, uh, the ads or anything that kind of was coming near me. Um, and it still had some decent range. So I think that certain things you're drawing it back, like you said, in, I think drawing drawing the encounters back, uh, making it so it's not, you know, your first choice is, oh, well, my one size fits all hand cannon or my one size fits all pulse rifle. Right. I think it needs to be a good balance in between that because that's the issue with encounters is it's just swarm you with ads and everything's so close that you don't need long range in a mm-hmm. lot of situations unless you're going for a boss. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're saying, you said two things that I think are the real ticket. Number one, you got to design encounters where a scout might make sense. And then number two, you have to incentivize scout usage with perks that you can only get on a scout. If If a new or a cool or a strong perk only drops on a scout, that's like incentivization. You're like, oh, I'm actually going to want to get and use this scout. If you draw back the combat and that's all you do, that's not enough. I'm just going to use a really good pulse or I'm going to move forward a little bit and use my hand cannon, right? So you've got, I feel like you have to attack it from both ends. You've got to do a quality pass on scouts, either make them better, more unique, stronger, add pretty awesome perks. And then in addition to that, there need to be encounters and environments where they can kind of shine because if not, you're always going to fall back on, we've talked about this a lot, right? Path of least resistance is always applicable. Path of least resistance, hand cannon pulse, it just gets the job done. I don't got to think, I don't got to worry, I don't got to, you know, worry about backpedaling. If, if, if you ever played Borderlands 1, one of the critiques of Borderlands 1 was that combat was a constant backpedal. Enemies mm-hmm. were just constantly shoving towards you, and you're just backpedaling all the time. And it was very, uh, it wasn't the greatest or most enjoyable combat. The combat in Borderlands 3 is light years uh, better. There's more things you can do. You have more power, more agility, and the enemies don't always just shove right up your nose. And in 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 Destiny. If I if I'm if I'm constantly having to walk backwards to 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 use a scout rifle to make it viable, I, that no one's going to do that. You're just going to take path of least resistance and slap on a hand cannon or a pull. So, I think you pinpointed the two things that, and this is one of the reasons why I was like, just remove them or rework them, right? To ask Bungie to create encounters with scouts in mind, I'm like, why don't you just make dope encounters and and bring the weapons up to being more 
in line with the rest of the weaponry. Like, if you look at primaries in general, it really is scouts that sort of are kind of out in the distance on their own. Bows, sidearms, submachine guns, hand cannons, pulses, and auto rifles can all, to certain degrees, hold their own in most of the combat scenarios of Destiny. It's scouts that end up being kind of the odd man out a lot of the times, and... I wouldn't want the development teams and the raid teams and stuff working on encounters and adding like extra strain and and nuance and bandwidth and intelligence to be like, oh, we got to make sure that you know there's there's room for scouts here. Um, I don't know. To me, to me, I think if you got rid of the slow rate of fire ones, added some dope perks, maybe give a nice little damage bump or something, you might see people start to use them. Um, but Bungie has to stop relying on pure, pure, pure quantity of enemies. We've talked about the, the, the combat dynamics with things like champions and, and not just solely relying on, you know, a faucet of, of enemies or deltas and 12 negative modifiers. Like I want to see more, more combat depth. And that's where scouts also could shine. Maybe scouts were, were, were better at anti-barrier. Maybe scouts were, were, were better, um, at at uh at other things you know what i mean so i i don't know if if there's a if there's a way to do it um i would think that they would need to do it in a, in a variety of ways not just one and i um i'm i'm actually genuinely curious if they have any plans to do it or not so uh, people in Discord are saying my mic's making a funny noise. It might be something in Discord on your end or something, but it doesn't seem to be affecting the stream because nobody in YouTube chat saying anything. So yeah, I don't hear anything. Uh, talking about that, um, yeah, I, I think that you know scouts do need to look at. You know, I'm not just saying you know like, you know, like I said, I, I want to address like multiple points. You know, scouts are on the weaker end of the spectrum still, and I think the difficulty is a core issue on why they are on the lower end of the spectrum i think the whole archetype as a gun is an issue as well but um i feel like that they're you know having focus like you say you know remove them rework them you know grandfather them into different um weapon types you know auto rifles pulse rifles whatever it may be and I don't think that, you know, completely removing them, I think maybe, you know, taking the archetypes that are already now, the lower ones at least, and kind of move, bumping them up, um, moving them up a little more, you know, giving them higher archetypes and combining them, uh, squishing them together, um, you know, changing the stats or whatever it may be, adding, you know, a few perks here and there that might help it out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't think that a whole, like, take this one and put it over here and take that one and put it over there, you know, and the different weapon types, I don't think that that's necessarily the right thing to do because you already are at a low pool of weapons in the scout rifle pool you already have you know so so many of them that are just like you have all these auto rifles you have all these scout rifles or you don't have any scout rifles you have all these hand cannons you have all these different weapons but scout rifles are the lowest type you know they they have the lowest pool well part of what motivated my decision to make this video is if bungie doesn't make significant changes to scouts then it's it's wasted. It's like what, just don't make any more. Just give us just give us more auto rifles, pulse rifles, bows, or something like. I, don't waste the bandwidth. Right? Yeah. There you go. Don't waste the bandwidth. It to me, it's like it, it's not worth it to throw some more mediocre scouts in the game. Like either fix them at a design level so that they are better or have, as we've said, unique perks. Like do something to make them worth using. Because if not. I'll give you another one. 
don't waste any time making rocket launchers for Beyond Light or Seasons After It. Don't waste your time. Why? Unless you're going to fix them and make them worth using, quit making rocket launchers. That's, That's another thing I would say. What's the point? They're garbage. They're so not worth using right fusion rifles are very close to being that way it's like why even make fusion rifles they just they they don't go toe to toe you know as far as shotguns for a lot of the content they don't have enough ammo the charge time tends to mess with rhythm and you miss sometimes like it just doesn't make sense to make weapons that are so underrepresented in usage because they just don't they don't have their footing so i would apply the same principle to rockets and scouts don't bother at all making you know, any more of them, uh, any more of them, unless you really do some quality of life improvements on these particular gun types. Um, we used a rocket launcher in every Grandmaster Nightfall. Why? Why? Why on earth would you do that? They're so bad. Their, <laughs> their DPS output is laughable compared to like virtually every other heavy option that you have. They're so bad. Ad clearing? Oh my, um, that's that's I that's a unique strategy. I I've not heard of that, but I mean, I that's not what a heavy weapon should be for. To be honest, a heavy weapon with low ammo capacity, slow reload, and slow fire rate that just doesn't that's 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 categorically with respect. You play however you want. That to me is categorically nonsensical to ru- to use to use the slowest firing lowest ammo capacity weapon that's supposed to be about high damage to use it on ad clear that's just is backwards i i could see you doing that with a machine gun and kind of taking some of the dps on the chin to be like i use a machine gun for ad clear reason i could see you doing that is way way more ammo capacity <laughs> way more ammo capacity um than than a rocket now if somebody's doing speed runs with the deathbringer i mean that's an exotic that's kind of a different scenario so the deathbringer certainly has um some some utility with staying behind cover if you're running solo or going for speed or something but um i don't know i i think in i think in general uh you could maybe come up with specific encounters or areas where you might like to use rockets by and large rockets are in a terrible place right now and i i'm just making a parallel to scouts that if you're not going to do something to make the weapon more likable and seemingly usable or end game viable then don't bother making any more it just feels like an absolute waste and I think it's worth it to, to improve them and make them better so we're not all running around with the exact same weapon loadouts you know in uh in year four where if, if we're all running around with hand cannons and shotguns again and you know around christmas time that's gonna be pretty disappointing you know i would i would love to be running around with that's one of the cool things about swords getting their buff last season it's like oh wow this is very different this, you know everybody's running around with swords that's a cool feeling you know, i want to be running around with an auto rifle and a fusion and a rocket launcher like i want to be running just a completely different loadout uh, than I've been running for like the last two years. I would love to see them really invest in some of these weapon types. So, mm-hmm. you got anything else to add, Avenger? Uh, yeah, one more thing actually. So, um, when the you brought up rocket launchers, it's actually funny. So, you know, t- I was going to talk about rocket launchers, how they were kind of the the one of the worst. They're still some of the worst like damage outputs by base, but then they come out with um, mods like this season where they actually become viable. Uh, do you think that they should? they should like release mods or do do you think that they need to do more 
things to you know scouts and you know the, obviously rocket launchers do you think that uh, as a base weapon do you think that they just need to rework it completely do you think that mods and perks could supplement the issues that they have or how would you go about that i think any weapon whether it's a rocket or a hand cannon or a shotgun i think the archetype and the weapon type should be sort of robust and complete on its own and other things that come along whether it's a mod or a war mine cell build or whatever um that is complementary it's in addition to a weapon that's already doing something well it's already doing a, a good job right it's already doing what it's intended to do I said this the other day, creating weapons or exotics that have like these carved out notches in them for crutches to lean on, that just feels very odd to me to be like, well, this weapon's not good unless you run this loadout, this mod, this thing here. It's like, so basically, it's a weapon. You have a handicap in golf, right? Well, you just created a weapon with a handicap. It's only good if you lean it on this on this crutch of this mod or that thing or whatever. And so I don't think weapons should be ever designed in that way. It doesn't make sense. It's it's why 110 hand cannons feel so bad. If you don't get a reload perk and run enhanced hand cannon reloader, it just feels so slow it's not worth it. Even if you like the fire rate and the impact and the sl- and the and the slowness of the weapon, the reload just makes it like I I have to do all these other things to make it tolerable. And I, I don't think you should do that with rockets or anything either. I, I don't think you should create a weapon that it's it's got a well it's good if and then there's all these conditional statements afterward. There the weapons need to function well on their own out of the box, and then you can enhance them or make them better with your loadout, your build, armor two or whatever. And the the thing that I was I was uh, talking about perks as well, you know, talking about perks and you said like if you don't have a reload perk, one tens are kinda useless. Even if you are playing the game like normally, you if you get up, say, say I got a last hope and I get like moving target and some other like crappy perk, I'm not gonna keep that last hope. Even though last hope's a good gun, I'm most likely not gonna keep that perk because or keep that gun because it doesn't have the right perk set. So I think we already look at the set. Like I don't think that mod should be tied to how good the gun is, but I think perks are already equivalently tied to how good a gun is. Um, I mean, you look at it, how many legendaries do you go through when you're uh, doing your Umbral Ingrams and you're like, oh, that's not a god roll. Oh, that's not a god roll. Oh, that's not a god roll. You just delete them all. So I think perks are already equally tied to if the gun's good or not. You know, if there's a gun, say an auto rifle, but it has a really bad perk pool, you're not going to go grind for that. Even though auto rifles are in a really good state right now, you're not going to go grind for that one because that one has a really bad perk pool. But if this one has a really good perk pool, you're going to go grind for that one instead. So I feel like perks are more intrinsically tied to how good guns are. And I feel like if there was better perks tied to scout rifles, I think that would supplement a lot of the issues right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I do think there's a big difference between you going for a god roll on like a a guillotine and some mid lane or a casual player gets a guillotine and they're like, this is awesome and it does a great job, right? The difference between their guillotine and yours, yes, there is a difference, but one isn't basically like, bad while the other is amazing it's the difference between it's it's the difference between optimum and non-optimum right i i do think there's a difference between going for an optimum 
you know, roll on a guillotine or an optimum roll on a hand cannon. You're going for the optimum and somebody else might not. I think there's a difference between that and somebody that's like, well, this rocket launcher can actually do a good job if, and then there's all these conditionals like, I got to do this, 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 and then the rocket launcher is decent. Um, I'm sorry about the kids stomping. They're not supposed to be in my bedroom, so <laughs> talk to my wife about that one. The one room in the house they can't go into, it's convenient, right? It's, it's our bedroom. For whatever reason, they're in there right now stomping up a storm. Uh, the rest of the house is, is fine for them to play and be loud in. <laughs> we, we love the new house, but they're <laughs> they're having a dance class right now or something. Um, so that I, I want to draw a distinction there. I do think there's a difference between, oh, that's not optimum, but somebody could still be happy enjoying using it. And no, this gun's literally, this rocket launcher is literally bad. Or, you know, it's, it's literally compared to other DPS outposts, like negative DPS, unless you do, you do all these other conditional statements. So I do think there's a difference between conditional build crafting to make something decent and a good roll versus a, a not so good roll or a, or a bad or what we what we would consider as more hardcore players a bad roll mm. yeah and I, I don't know i don't know if falling gates would be a good example because no matter what that that sword is going to be strong even if you have good things i mean warwind blade is still like something that you need to have on those swords for at least end game content mm-hmm. so i mean if you're talking more of like guns for you know just anyone going in patrol or just you know messing around in strikes or whatever it may be yeah um i think you know just if the gun feels good you're going to use that gun no matter what the perk pull is but right like i would say ostringer spare ostringer spare rations and what was the other one i was thinking of there's another hand cannon that like generally just dire promise i feel like i feel like if the archetype is good you know the Ostringer, the spare rations, and the and the dire promise. No matter what role you get, the gun just feels pretty solid because the archetype itself is solid. You see what I'm saying? It's almost like a really good canvas to build on. And so, if you if if you get like a mediocre role on a spare Ostringer or a dire, it's fine because it's built on a strong foundation. It's a solid archetype, and that I think is one of the main issues. They have to go down to the foundational level of the weapon and make the weapon like a solid a solid design so even a bad roll or a mediocre roll it's like it's still it's still good you're right guillotine's a bit of an extreme example because that thing is kind of busted so I, I would use I would use some of these hand cannons as good examples I could even use a pulse rifle as an example if you were grinding for a god roll blast furnace any blast furnace is solid it's a great weapon it's never really trash it's just not optimum and that's where i think you get down at the archetypal level a 450 aggressive burst pulse rifle is just a solid archetype it's just a good weapon and then the perks come on top and they optimize it you get a what did i get a feeding frenzy rampage okay now it's optimum it's it, underneath though it's a great canvas it's a great foundation and that's why when I look at uh, scouts and rockets I'm like the foundation's so bad it doesn't matter how good the role is I've got some amazing rocket launchers I've got you know cluster tracking impact casing like as good as you could possibly get for gr- the best damage output and they're just not worthy they just don't feel like they're worth using they can't keep up with all the other heavy options for damage output you know yeah yeah all right yeah, that was a good discussion. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm done now. Okay. 
I'll was go good. back to being quiet now. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's what I hope VIP call-ins can slowly turn into is people people stepping into the ring and being more willing to kind of debate, disagree, you know, offer different vantage points. Rexus, you're up. If you're there, what do you got for me? Uh, the first thing I got was uh, that I personally enjoyed, uh, just as you said during the, uh, the Q&A later, uh, in Scourge of the Past, uh, we went for the uh, reset strategy, and we had three snipers on top of the roofs then, and mm-hmm. it was an absolute blast to just tap, tap, tap. Not just not just uh, the snipers that spawned, but also all the ads. Mm-hmm. Just ha- having the uh, high point, like, what, and that might also maybe even help. Like we were discussing uh, content for uh, scout rifles. And maybe what they also need is maybe a map instead of slanted upwards, slanted downwards. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I think about it, most of the uh, most of uh, dungeons and especially also most of uh, strikes are, are more of an upwards battle, like literally an upward battle. Hmm. And their scouts have their problems because you constantly have to go further and push past the enemy's cover. If you have a downward battle, you can first of all make the content a bit harder, and you c- you have the uh, vantage point. The enemy has to come to you, and they probably have a little more tr- little more trouble coming upwards than just falling down on you. Yeah, yeah. So I never, I never consider that because I love the scourge fight, but I never consider like the verticality playing a part. Like if I assert sort of dominance over a spot, it does free up my my combat options i'm not as you're saying i'm not having to push forward and deal with because the the enemy does love to go into cover and you're like well i gotta go over there now you know you kind of have to because if not they're just going to keep peeking for a few seconds and maybe not at all so this is where there could be and i know people have been asking this for the for a very long time you know they want the horde mode style combat and as you phrased it like they need to come to you like they're having to kind of push either out of spaces or doors or you know push up from lower areas it could create that almost like it's like a king of the hill situation like we're having to stay in this spot or maintain a building or a or a, or an elevated spot and the enemies are kind of coming up to us creating that sense of yeah if you if you got the right scout right perks for crowd control man you can really get ahead of the ad rhythm and feel really really strong this is where king's fall did that a lot you would kind of have to take a position and the enemies would slowly start flooding. And if you didn't stay on top of it, they'd get really, really close. And then, you know, you'd, you'd have to worry about them exploding, throwing grenades or whatever. And so, yeah, totems, another great example. You know, that knight that would pop out up at the top. He's on an upward shelf. He's going to rain down bombs on you. Crota had similar setups, right? They would set up these pain points from distance. And I... I don't know, that nuance and those dynamics are so absent in so much of D2. Like I said, they use quantity to create intensity. They just bum-rush you, and I think that's where scouts are really falling off the table. Um, and th- I never even considered the actual sort of the geography of the area having an effect on, yeah, going up on a building, I just naturally think, get out a scout rifle, sniper, or a bow, and verticality creates that space 
to where the enemy's approach in the combat isn't so <clears throat> quantitatively intense. It's more rhythmically intense. I have to make sure and take out the snipers or they're going to shoot me or my buddies or I have to stun the boss or whatever. There's a rhythmic intensity that if you don't manage it, you'll get, you'll, you'll, you know, you kind of get overwhelmed by it. Exactly. The, and yeah, the, the, regarding the King of the Hill, maybe we could... Oh, in Destiny, we're mostly fighting battles forwards. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine fighting a, a battle backwards. The enemies mm. are so many or so strong that a strike is played basically backwards. Mm. You constantly have to relocate to the back. Like, oh shit, this wall is lost. <laughs> oh shit, this part is lost. We've got we've got to relocate, and then you take the next vantage point and you try and keep the enemies. May- maybe the far off enemies that uh, have I don't know. Like, <laughs> this, this is the medieval part of uh, uh, like maybe a modern pa- modern type of catapults. I don't know. Maybe an oh god, stupid idea. Imagine an ogre th- flinging thralls at you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, and you have to, and you have to, and you have to. Maybe ogre behind a shield. You first have to take it, and all this from range. This is, it would be possible to do. The sad thing is, and you can uh, also that it would still allow you if you are ballsy and have fun with it or have a build for it. Like for example, mm-hmm. my current my current arc build is basically meant for melee. Mm-hmm. While I'm rushing, smashing, and throwing grenades galore. Uh, so you can still, with if you make a build that uh, focuses more on melee and that clear, like hardcore ad clear, mm-hmm. you can still rush that stuff and uh, go inside, go more inside behind the enemy's lines. But someone who is more comfortable uh, on the far side still can do their job properly. Yeah, applying pain from different, like different different areas different distances i think and this is why i talk about champions like applying pain that isn't purely kill everything or do a lot of damage there's more of a mechanic there you know it's like i gotta engage with the the champion i gotta you know switch and if there were more champions and i had more freedom with my champion mods it would be like what you're saying you'd be applying pressure from different ways so this is why the Scourge of the Past boss fight is so enjoyable because what I'm doing on a rooftop is like dramatically different than what the guys are doing, you know, going for the berserkers. So, and, uh, <laughs> I think the German and you forgot like about what words are swear words over here. Like, you <laughs> oh. Try to keep it family oh, friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Oh, it was. It was. I, I, no, it's. It's. No, it's, it's not that I forgot. It's more that. Uh, like, it's not that I forgot because of the German factor. It's more because. If I swear a lot. <laughs> I swear a flipping lot. That's that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and certain words. I know certain words. Maybe for where you are, are not really even considered swears. Like there are some words oh, yeah, that, that like be. over there that, are not that could be nearly like, as extreme. They, Oh yeah, we we had that uh, that second in the uh, chat where you said like uh, you almost said the R word, and I was like, what what the flip is the R word? <laughs> <laughs> what is the actual yeah. flip is that? Yeah, I've never heard an R word. <laughs> I know there's an M M word. There's no there's an N word. There's the F bomb, but what is the R word? I was totally confused. Oh yeah, well maybe somebody in the Discord can can type it out and clue you in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, right. that's ca- that's counted as a swear, like as a hard swear word. That's like 
Ah, okay. Yeah, like, that one there that Sushi put is is it used to be um it, it used to be socially acceptable and then it became not. Like it just it when I grew up it was something you would just say and now it's kind of like it's it's kind of off limits. So Yeah, it's it's it's, it's that kind of bothers me to be honest because like language shouldn't be just taken plainly. It should be the meaning behind it. If I say the R word jokingly, I'm not, I don't, like, I myself have uh, actual mental issues. I've got Asperger's and ADHD, fantastic combination. So right. I, I still use it very, li- usually very liberally and not with the intent of, uh, not with the intent of uh, talking down to people who have mental disabilities. It's- yeah, I think, I think, you know, this is obviously way off subject, but I think like context, yeah, no, sorry. Co- no context and intention have gotten kind of lost in these debates. Like it doesn't matter yeah. the context or your intention. Like you were with some friends and joking around. So context, you were with friends. Intention, you were joking around. No malice in your in your heart. All of that's kind of removed, and we look purely at a word rather than context and intention. I think that's part of the problem. Like anybody who's studied interpretation or language like how do you interpret one language into another well so much of what goes into the art of doing that and the care of doing that is context and intention authorial intent what did the author intend to convey and sadly I think that's getting lost because I just think I think the soundbite nature of the internet doesn't leave a lot of room for deep thinking, and I think it requires a little bit of, of deep thinking and, 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 and even, I would say, slow and careful thinking to say, well, what was the intention? What was the context? Well, that doesn't work in a soundbite culture. You're just like, oh, this guy said this thing, get him. And that's, yeah. I, think, I think that's where a lot of it stems from, is culturally we're, we're slicing everything up into the smallest, the smallest morsel of information, and that leads to quick, to quick, and most of the time, unfair judgment. So, yeah, I get, this is due to the uh, Asperger's part. I sometimes also kind of miss that part. Like I, I said something, and how could mm-hmm. you say that? What? That's that's that, that, that's just that's just a fact. I, I, I yeah. don't mean anything by this. It's just. Yeah. It's just the fact I'm just calling out what is what I'm seeing or what is happening. Right. Like right. We've, we've had this just to uh, after that I'll go back to topic. Uh, in German we had this problem that you're not allowed to say black anymore. Really? It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's no, you now have to it's not really culturally accepted all of accepted all of a sudden. You have to say um was it intensely pigmented? Really? I've not heard of that. Was, I, uh-huh. I was so I, I was like, but I'm just describing his color, right? Or, or, yeah. Or, and before before that, it was a uh, colored or just yeah colored. Yeah, you're people. not supposed to say that here either. It's um, it's we go with uh, we go with people of color. Yeah, I like the sound of that better anyway. I think that sounds yeah, it's, it's, more respectful. Yeah, colored was the other option, and I was like, but that's that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. If if I'm calling someone black, I don't mean anything by that. I just I'm just describing the skin color to the most accurate. I had a I had a manager I had a manager tell me that we weren't supposed to say that. This is years ago. This is um I don't even know maybe twenty no not twenty years about fifteen years ago. And she was like, "Well, you're you're not supposed to say that." And a guy in the room 
was black and he was like what are you talking about I, he's like you're still allowed to say that <laughs> she, he was like you're allowed to say that she's like i don't think we're supposed to say that anymore and i i actually think her instinct made sense though she was in a position of leadership and was just trying to be as absolutely careful as possible so much so that she thought something that was acceptable wasn't so yeah it, you can get uh you can get lost in it it's like if i think as long as somebody's trying to be respectful and trying to be their do their best to be understanding and make allowances and and have respect for other people um i think that's ultimately what it comes down to is the heart of a person and the and their their character and uh and their intentions so um let's shift back here though do you have anything else on (laughs) on subject before we fall Uh, off the edge here yeah i'm sorry uh i tend to do that uh characteristic problem uh yeah (laughs) Seriously, all the time. Uh, the other thing is, uh, when I started D2, uh, I first used almost exclusively scouts. And na- now realizing it, like, I switched to hand cannons, uh, I think, mid of year two, like, during Forsaken sometime, when uh, I finally, after after absolute ages, got uh, good old uh, Ace of Spades. Because for because for the love of whatever is out there, I could I could not do this PvP step. It was not yeah. fun, mm-hmm. especially as I said I I was not used to hand cannons at all. And uh, what I think scouts have a point is uh, for beginners, scouts have a very good great appeal. I'd say mm. because you can stay back, you can stay away mm-hmm. from the enemies until you know how to properly counter them, how to interact properly. Mm. Now I'm just running into stuff and uh, punching my way out if I have to. Yeah. But in my in my early days, even in my early months, even in my first year, I probably would not have done that properly. And uh, yeah. whenever I got close, I got in a lot of trouble. That reminds me of how I got my wife to play Borderlands with me was Borderlands 1, um, Lilith could go invisible. That was her super. But also, I always would give my wife scoped rifles and snipers so she could sit back and be more support like you're saying like it does give you that freedom but then as you kind of become more like confident you want to move forward you suddenly realize scouts don't do a great job once you push forward and that's when it can get like "Ah, i'm gonna leave this behind the at the same time maybe if you can increase the support capacity yeah they could be viable viable because honestly I'd really, sometimes I'd really, really like to just lay back and keep hitting those crit spots. And just go. Well, that's why the scourge. That's why the scourge fight's so good. I'm supporting on that rooftop. I'm the snipers are going to be. They're going to be shooting the map guy. They're going to be shooting the berserker team. I'm stunning the boss. Right, like that. That feels so satisfying. It's like me by myself am really managing a significant amount of pain point here. Or when I would shoot multiple light eater knights at Oryx, that just felt good. I'm up in the air. I'm eyes in the sky. I'm helping the team. And so I yeah give more encounters that require some form of a long-range support role i i think you're onto something both with the verticality that you highlighted in your first you know your first sort of commentary and then now again saying give us more uh situations where somebody's got to be on support and the scourge fight i think is a great picture of that yeah you could maybe you could even uh 
increase the support capacity of scout rifles by giving them a different kind of perk set or a different kind of just like just an additional um base perk yeah like, I, I thought like it, it's maybe not the best way like uh, the way i'm thinking right now uh, is uh with uh, healing no we've got alumina for that and that's probably more exotic but i don't know maybe Maybe an maybe an overshield, or if you shoot some, ah, that probably would still be an exotic perk. But for example, if you shoot if you shoot your friend who is surrounded by enemies, there is a pulse wave coming off of him. Yeah, and he's suddenly free of the ads. Hmm. Or you've got more stack. Or you've got more stagger uh, stagger abilities. Like yeah. the scouts in innately can stagger stronger, and you can yeah. disable that perk in PvP easily. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot they could do with it. I, I I agree. I think we've got some good commentary just on, you know, uh, changes in, in support and changes in layout of the maps and stuff. So I'm going to move on to great, great thoughts, Rexus. I enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, bud. All right. All right, we're going to go to, let me see. I can't remember if, uh, I think it's just Wolverine, right? I'm fairly certain it's Wolverine. I don't think it's Wolverine, then Light Leap. That's what I'm going to do. Wolverine... If you're here, what do you got for me today? How are you, brother? Good. How are you? Not bad, man. In- interesting combo I'm walking out from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but stimulating nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty objective on today's topic. Um, I can see the pros and cons pretty much for everyone's um, input, uh, especially yours. I definitely can see you know where scouts can fit in in something new or even even taken out altogether i i really can see it happening um like any gun archetype that gets a buff we can see uh the abundance of it within the crucible um you know especially if uh, a gun has a specific role it's definitely mm-hmm. coveted and it's super sought out it's just the part of this game and and the grind um from what i can remember especially in from a pvp standpoint um and especially pinnacle pvp content uh scouts uh were at an all-time high around trials of the nine especially like nameless midnight and mita yep Mm -hmm. and um question is where and would any buff to scouts just create a whole new meta entirely and how would that buff to scout meta look to you yeah, I think it would because um, so many of the map design in Crucible is still very much favoring team shot lane watching. So long lane approaches with a choke point really leads to that. It's like the psychology of the player is I don't want to approach that choke point. Like I'm going to get shot. I can sit here with my buddy wait and watch the choke point. Um, that's one of the reasons I do think that Nameless Midnight and Mida were so strong in Trials of the Nine. We were slower. Uh, the 4v4, the lack of verticality on the maps, it just led to a lot of funneling, which led to a lot of team shotting, like just kind of holding hands and death balling. And so I think that presence is still there if Bungie's not careful. We kind of see this on sniper heavy maps, and this leads to the third person peaking debate, right? Everybody was like, Widow's Court is so great, and then everyone hated it. Why? Because really strong sniper teams were winning, and then everybody started three peaking to combat the sniping, because that's what strong long-range weapons do on maps with long sight lines. People tend to 
like pucker up and watch the sightlines. I think scouts could bring a very, very similar influence if you make them super strong and you're and you're and you're able just to watch sight lines and choke points and lanes, you're gonna have that return of the team shot meta, the return of, oh my gosh, and you hear that clack 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 from a Mida and you're dead. Cause two people shooting you with Midas, I mean it's just <laughs> it's really I mean, we really saw a little bit strong. of Randy's when mm-hmm. it came out in season eight and I feel like that kind of shook things up just because people were just firing like a faster automatic scout rifle, basically. Mm-hmm. Um it was you know, it was refreshing, say the least. It kind of like brought you back to how Mida was dominant and all those things. Um, I find it, uh, I find it very lax that you know things like scouts aren't relevant. You know, we can go on about rocket launchers. Like I know you just touched on that and how irrelevant they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's kind of ironic from my point of view that rockets are irrelevant from even a pve and a pvp standpoint because bungie and its roots when someone grabbed rocks in halo you Mm -hmm. you scattered like roaches it was you know you were (laughs) frightened of and i feel like not many people are frightened of rocks or even go in with rockets anymore into Mm -hmm. you know things like trials or even just normal crucible I, I wanted to segue. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Were you about to touch on to something else, Scouts? I was just going to say, I feel like speed is playing a factor. We're really fast, and we're pinpointing. It all comes down to weapons that are slow. Rockets are slow. Their ready time is slow. They're firing their, their velocity, their reload. The slow scout rifles, the slow hand cans. I feel like the game is moving really, really quickly now, and anything that's slow is getting sort of drugged behind, like just getting left behind. It doesn't fit PvP and PvE combat rhythm. I, do, I don't know. I feel like we've, we're pinpointing a theme here that it really it feels like it's coming down to speed. Anything slow is sort of like, no, don't bother. It just is, it can't keep up. It, it, it doesn't have the quickness. Would remedy be just raising the RPMs? Darksider touched on this with scouts you know that the higher RPMs are worth using the low RPMs are too similar to hand cannons and you know rockets they're just so clunky and slow and then it's like by the time the rocket gets there it's like I made a sandwich like it just it doesn't it I really feel like speed game speed I think is a factor here these things were built for older versions of destiny and they need to be brought up there the slowness of these weapons doesn't line up with what we're doing now um and so i just as you were saying that i was you were like nobody grabs rockets nobody goes in with rockets i just saw like rockets just feel like this big clunky slow dumb thing in comparison to more agile things like what a mountaintop a grenade launcher a machine gun like these are more agile more quick power yeah more the the quicker (laughs) quicker power weapons right people are using a, a black talent to not only just three peak but to just be a meme a meme sore with the yeah. with it within the crucible i wanted yeah. to actually segue and um i got done with a card late last night and um i still had my uh powerful for the rotator playlist and it was countdown and i was just like talking to my friend and i was like what like wouldn't it be great if trials went back to countdown because i remember trials of the nine had uh weekends where it was certain playlists and countdown was the one weekend and where i won and it would remind me of classic call of duty s d yep and putting i feel like an objective within trials 
prevents a lot of the things that people hate three peaking camping and how would you feel if trials had a weekend or was in sort sort of rotator where an objective playlist was incorporated along with the killing one right people <laughs> light leaves like mute him mute him he's trolling countdown's terrible i i i actually agree with you in principle because one of the things that keeps the uh, what do I want to? How do I want to say this? It keeps the dominant metas from becoming dominant when you have an external, an external impetus, right? No, you can't just sit there and snipe that lane and 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 hard scope. No, you can't just three peak there for forever. No, there is there is an external impetus that makes you you either go plant or you got to defend and there's two points you got to defend and it creates this destabilization that's one of the things i loved about valorant is there's this that planting and diffusing the reason it's been around for so long snd in cod then you have uh counter strike now you have it in valorant you have all these places where it shows up there's a reason that that works i think it when done right because it's this external impetus and then you rotate sides right and there's something in principle, there's something balanced about it. The reason I think people didn't like it is because it was during a time of 4v4, team shot, slow, blech, meta. I think that's part of the reason it's corrupted in, 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 in people's minds. I really do think the principle of countdown and that tried and true game mode, I think actually could land very well in a 3v3. It really would because... <laughs> Sorry, sorry, go on. I was gonna say there's a natural tension. Do we all go guard the same one, or do we send our strongest player by himself? And then if they're all going if they all go to that side now we all have to come respond, right? And if they plant, there's now pressure, we can't just hide. They can't just sit back either. They have to plant. Like that pressure creates, I think, more unique moments than Go to your token choke point spot and friggin' sit there and wait. Like, that just, I don't know, even when I was shoutcasting Trials the weekend that Widow's Court was going on, it was I was glad I had somebody like Potato taking to the skies like an AC-130 because so many <laughs> teams, that's what they do. They go to the spot, sit, wait. Yeah. Go to the spot, sit, wait. And everybody's just waiting oh, for it. a pick. And I like that, but I also think Countdown could shake things up. And and I'm just reading, you know, all the salt in the Discord. Just when I mentioned things like countdown, it's uh, it's not necessarily just countdown specifically. Anything objective based to get people moving, and you know, some people might think two minutes is a lot. Some people might think two minutes is too short for a round. But really, I feel like two minutes is an eternity, especially when someone can just sit on the point and three peak all day. And I feel survival is just playing lives, waiting, and just camping and team shooting i feel like it's still relevant today yeah i uh i have one last thing uh that i wanted to touch on because um i had an extra thought i the last time i called in it was about the uh, pinnacle Mm -hmm. uh talk and i talked about uh how i feel pinnacles like the plus ones could be plus twos or just the overall grind but if plus ones were going to stay the same I feel like adding another plus one to incentivize and and i wanted your opinion on this i feel and i i don't i i can't speak to statistics on this uh because i don't even know if any of them exist but i would love to know how many people on a regular weekly basis finish the flashpoint and 
uh, being able, I, 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 if you recall me mentioning about uh, having that pinnacle you can choose from, whether it was the the heavy and that season of dawn uh, mm-hmm. formula, if the flashpoint and 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 try to hear me out as best you can, uh, if the flashpoint was able to be repurposed to a plus one pinnacle where you were able to choose from that vendor whatever they had that week whatever you know if you want to talk about a rotating uh vendor shuffle or just a static vendor whatever the case may be but you got to choose from that vendor that one pinnacle and i feel like it would incentivize not only just the flashpoint but just going back to old planets i know we're about to shift into the the vault but you know possibly thinking to the future getting people to to go to some destinations they don't typically go to and you know and also incentivize another uh um pinnacle push mm-hmm. i what are your thoughts? i wanted to attack it a little bit differently because i think once you hit max level i think the game should change i think the whole directory should look differently and there should be a daily targeted item that replaces all the milestones. So once I hit 1050 and I click on Crucible, I could run four core matches in control and get like a dire promise to drop, right? And so those would all rotate. So like one day the dire would be there, maybe the next day it would be like you're saying, like on a flashpoint or something. I feel like when I hit max level, it should be like, okay, congratulations on max level. Now the whole game has changed. And what I would do for pinnacles is I would apply smart RNG because I think uh, Pinnacles, it's too slow and too limited to have it hit the wrong slot. And so I would apply Smart RNG. And the other thing I would do is just make it rhythmic. It, to me, I, I think leveling should be rhythmic. I think every three strikes I should get a powerful. I think while I'm doing those three strikes, anything that drops should be dropping at my level. I think Pinnacle climbing should be the same. In my, if I'm going into Pinnacle activities, Smart RNG, they drop rhythmically. Once you hit, you know, 1052, then everything should be drop dropping at 1052. Like everything should be dropping at your level. And yeah, so I don't. And I, and I, don't I remember necessarily... you suggesting that. And I and mm-hmm. I think and I just re- kind of remember saying it was just. I felt like my only disagreements is I felt like it was too easy. The smart RNG. I feel like giving more opportunities for mm-hmm. uh, those slots. Uh, is is less of a burden than just making it easier all the way around i could definitely see the the pro to it don't get me wrong i'm not like sit, gonna die on this hill and say no your way is wrong <laughs> by any means but um i feel where i came with my idea of of, of implementing that flashpoint pinnacle is if Dest or bungie more specifically the developers were going to stay on their same path if we go into next season and the pinnacles for gambit uh uh strikes and crucible are still those plus ones and then we Mm -hmm. still have our dungeons and we still have that everything that in a formula is still the same would you feel that if this pinnacle suggestion has any viability at, at whatsoever just based on if they stay the course yeah if they stay the course i mean i think what you're saying is essentially 
you're attacking it from the other end. Like, I think we're both attacking the same problem. You're just attacking sure. it from, hey, let's give more sources. And I'm saying, well, let's just apply smart RNG and increase the rhythm. I, I think we're both probably going to end up getting to the same destination. We're just taking different roads. And so I would be okay with that too. Like, once How you serious hit- do you feel they would put in smart RNG? Like, do you, do you feel that, that was, that's actually a real pl- plausible thing that that would you know be the track like how they do with the uh, the exotics in terms of like you go down a list you get all those guns and now you're just re-rolling armor i actually think it's very plausible because i think that the leveling in general i'm anticipating them overhauling it and not just overhauling it but like rethinking you know max level of the artifact and you know how does the plus 10 experience go um, especially if we're, you know, we're going back to needing seasonal, if we're leveling seasonally so that they can, in, you know, institute and enforce sunsetting, um, you know, it, I, I think whether we do it with your way where I can choose, choose where it goes, um, to give me that intentionality or increasing the sources, like we'll suddenly make the flashpoint like a plus or whatever, or you do smart RNG, I, I think it's possible they do smart RNG because there's there's already things in the background for that. And to save on time and to save on development, they may say, well, let's just apply smart RNG instead of developing a system where the player can choose uh, or the player can pick. Like, you're asking for a new system, which I think is fine. I think that would help. But I think Bungie might look at it and say, well, we already have smart RNG background code we can use. Let's just use that, you know, just to save on time. is Is it really considered a new system? Because all it really is is just implementing the same, you know, code that they had for the the um uh the sundial but now you're just choosing that pinnacle from your vendor of that of that planet i i i just i just feel based on what they've done in the past it just it kind of it kind of would fit fit the path and and like i said it would incentivize people to do the flashpoint i i i really i really wish i could get a consensus on how many people would do the flashpoint because so many weeks I just go yeah it's it's mercury I, I don't care yeah yeah I think what you're saying is right I think if there was a if there was like a sundial menu at that at that NPC so if the, if the flashpoints on the EDZ and I go up to Devram and he has what you're saying I think you are right I guess that system already is built they basically give him a sundial menu and when you when yeah. you finish the flashpoint you're like give me boost you're just picking something yeah exactly exactly right. and, and 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 I I I do love your your smart rng concept and and because it's it's efficient like and and who doesn't love efficiency in a game like this but i also love the the shock and awe that that one gets because you you got your heavy or you got your gloves that you've been you've been coveting that that you needed that specific role and i feel having that pinnacle to choose from within the flashpoint also makes that feeling exist in terms of hoping and wanting while uh decreasing the burden by also saying hey man i need a class item right and i know devrim's got it right i've i've always said that it is exciting when you need boots and you get boots but i've always said that excitement doesn't weigh enough for it to outweigh how many people get frustrated and short-circuited by the leveling. Like, I don't think we're it's a fair trade. It's like, yes, those moments are great. I need boots, I need boots. Got boots, yay. I think that elation is so short-lived, and I think the frustration is felt longer 
and more broadly by more people in the community. So I don't think it's a fair trade. I actually think the elation of getting what you want is better suited for the pursuance of the certain role on a gun. And that's why I want stuff dropping out in the world more. Let's stop ordering value meals in the tower and have the guillotine or whatever gun I'm trying to get, have that drop from the boss because of a boon or something. And then I pick it up and then I check it. And that elation I think is perfect because that's you pursuing of your own choice. I want a particular role. It's a want, not a need. Leveling becomes a need. It's like, I need to level up if I want to go run XYZ content at Delta. And when you get short-circuited by RNG, I think that frustration isn't worth the trade of a few seconds of like elation over the right drop. I think the right drop elation is great, but it belongs mm-hmm. in the pursuance of gear, not the pursuance of leveling. I, I, I guess I feel because of the Diablo background, uh, hoping on a drop and then hoping on specific RNG. It's like I was always hoping on so much. So when I'm hoping on little in Destiny, because how linear Destiny, Destiny is, I don't know. I feel if we give too many uh leeways to getting to that top pinnacle light i don't know i i guess it's like i like i said i i feel like it's spoiling it's spoiling people because people don't know what it's like some well i don't want to say people but some people might not know what it's true rng grind is like when you have a sorceress that's just running through mephisto all day long trying to hope <laughs> on something you know yeah yeah yeah. but um excellent talk thank you for for humoring uh both the uh the countdown i know it hurt some people but uh, also the uh the uh pinnacle talk thank you i appreciate it yeah man that was a good conversation appreciate you take care all right mr Lightleap. i think that's plenty of time for your business call you're not deafened so i'm gonna come to you and uh you should be able uh to talk if you're here go ahead sir uh hello Everything should be working. I yep. hope I fixed the cutting out issue. Yeah, sounds good. All right, good. Uh, well, I have two questions. One relates more to today, to your talk, and another one is opening a can of worms. I don't know if you want to go into that. <laughs> but um, So the first one would be, what would you think if... Uh, so you know I'm, I'm all about depth and destiny, right? We had this discussion before. Mm-hmm. What would you say if uh, champions and similar maybe mechanics that they add in the future would not be just based on mods like they do now, but would be more dynamically introduced into the game. So for example, let's say all all ogres are unstoppable, right? Mm -hmm. And certain weapon types would be strong against that or could stop them completely. So you could then implement something like scouts being strong against certain types of enemies, right? Mm -hmm. And hand cannons against different ones, right? how would you feel if they would go about that that way? I like weapon relevant, basically. Yeah, I like this. This is really similar to something we talked about where we said archetypes would automatically get the champion applied to it. We said that like all rapid frames would be overload and all you know precision frames would be you know anti-barrier and then high impact would be unstoppable. This is really similar to that idea, and I like this. What you could do is you could create Maybe you would call it like an archetypal synergy. So high impact scouts would be the absolute best at unstoppable. They would proc unstoppable kind of automatically, like you're saying, if all ogres are unstoppable. And then another synergy that would make sense to me would be a rapid fire submachine gun would be the absolute best uh, at... Are, are Are there rapid fire submachine guns? Maybe I'm thinking lightweight. 
Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm thinking sure. of like, lightweight frame. Yeah, lightweight, I think, yeah. Yeah, like a lightweight Death Adder. Okay, so sorry, it's not a rapid fire. So like a lightweight SMG would be the absolute best at uh, anti-barrier. And then you could go to auto rifles and say that rapid fires on auto rifles are the best at um, anti-barrier or overload or whatever. So what you would be doing is is like you're saying, if, if you went into content where there was a high saturation of unstoppable enemies, you would know, okay, I, I, there's there are archetypes of scouts that are particularly good at this. Scouts in general are better at it, but then maybe certain archetypes, certain perks or something creates that depth. So now, and this 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 harkens back to the the loadout discussion we have all the time. As soon as I think about this, I get exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! Like every time I go into a particular raid, dungeon, strike, nightfall, or whatever, the enemy saturation is going to dictate my loadout. Like I'm going to be wanting to switch things around. I think there's great potential for that because then I would go into some content with a scout and a shotgun, and maybe other content I go in with an auto rifle and a sniper because of the guns themselves being given I guess we would call them champion proficiencies so they are really really good at these particular champions and you would make it sensible you know unstoppable would probably land on bows uh, scouts and hand cannons and then the particular archetypes are better at it but this goes back to my conversation I think it was with Avenger about certain weapons probably also need perks that you can't get anywhere else because there's only so many champions, right? So it, you'd have to have some overlap, wouldn't you? Right? There's there's three champions. Look how many gun types we have. So you'd have to have more than just scout rifles being good at unstoppable. You'd have to have other right. archetype, other weapon types. So if it was scouts, hand cannons, and bows, then it would come down to, okay, these are good at unstoppable, but with this perk or this new perk that you can only get on scouts, or you can only get on bows, you come down to preference of like, I actually think scouts are better or I like scouts better for this particular reason. And that's where they would need to look at making scouts, as I said um, to Avenger, you can create the encounters where scouts are good, but if you don't incentivize the use of a scout, I'm still going to fall back on a pulse hand cannon or a bow every time. Right. I think they could expand that even more then, right? You could have, if, if you have a content that has a lot of orange bars, let's say majors, and um, as you said, once you like exotics that leave their lane, it could be that, for example, and scouts could fill this gap of uh, hand cannons that are good against red bars, and you have uh, uh, specific perks maybe on scouts that increase damage or are better at against like heavy enemies, right? That are mm-hmm. harder to kill. Yeah, and this could maybe borrow from one of the ideas I said where I would love a new new champion type called Armored Champions, and then you could start throwing champion mods on fusions and snipers, and fusions and snipers would be really good at knocking the armor off. Well, we could repackage that a little bit and say, well, there's a new enemy type now. It's their red bars, but it's not an elemental shield. It's an, uh, they're armored. And then you would gravitate towards weapons like um, fusion snipers and maybe scouts that would be really really good at knocking those armor pieces off and then that's yeah. creating those combat dynamics where not all of us are going to want to run scouts I would run scout to knock the armor off and you would run something else for damage or support or something so right. that is again creating a pain point in the combat that I have a solution for in my arsenal that's why I think champions are like the tip of the iceberg for what they could do to the combat that sounds good yeah um 
would you mind if I? So if you you can op answer the question shortly or short because um, it might be too long. But regarding depth, right? Mm -hmm. I had I was under the impression that uh, Shadowkeep and the season passes this year were because of the separation from Activision and they needed to basically uh, make the game as monetizable as possible and as entry uh, level friendly as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, to generate revenue, right? To, to, and that led a little bit to making it a bit more shallow. So, for example, the season pass, right? Yeah. Um, I do believe that in a looter shooter, it makes it less exciting. Even if the exotic... I mean, you still pay for it. I don't mind that. But you get it by clicking, basically, mm. the first icon on the season pass when you get it. So, what are your expectations? Or do you think... Or do you hope that with uh beyond light we are moving away from that a little bit again mm -hmm. and more towards the core of what destiny was a, a looter shooter and maybe i don't know maybe making it the entry point a little harder again in the sense that there's not no such thing as a season pass i don't know what, what is your opinion on that I, this is related to a conversation that I think you and I have had before where we we came we kind of came to the conclusion through some back and forth that year three was a transitional year I've called it a bridge they they went into I called it a survival mode they had to survive so what did they do they targeted the largest portion of the community if they would have spent year three focusing on the top 10% it probably would have been very bad for the game um, so with that as our premise I think the season pass is like a really good-looking storefront. You have to have a good-looking storefront, right? You, you drive past car lots, and they put out balloons and pretty flyers and banners, right? A good-looking storefront. you got to get people in the door, and that's what the season pass is there for. It's there for the mid lanes, the casuals. As you said, it's very accessible. You're clicking on something and getting something. It's perfect for the more... Fortnite casual mobile game kind of style player like it's just always there and they're always feeling it's it's such a clear value transmission to them 10 bucks and I get fill in the blank okay now I think they've spent year three building a really really great storefront but once you get inside the store you're like where's the depth like maybe you want to go up to you know the second third and fourth floor and you're like there's almost nothing up here I think that's what year four is being is being built uh, and designed around. So this storefront can always get a fresh coat of paint and a fresh coat of like really pretty cool items and maybe one or two exotics and the ornaments and stuff. And it'll do its job. It'll bring in the the casuals, the, the the mid lanes, and the you know I just play you know as a fun Friday night hobby. It'll bring all those players in. But the hope would be with everything they're talking about with sunsetting and creating depth and a seasonal aspirational armor grind and all of that to me is them putting more things inside the storefront inside you know like going up to floor two and three where the casuals don't really go up there so we're talking dungeons grandmaster nightfalls raids um and and the intentional loot grind the seasonal armor aspiration i feel like when i read luke smith's director's cut about their plans for year four 
that is how I picture it, that they had to build all this, and this machine runs itself. The, the season pass just needs to be pretty every season. It doesn't need to be substantive. As you've said, it's not much to it. So as long as they make the season pass pretty every season, the 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 world builders, the mission builders, dungeon builders, raid builders, they can build all the dope stuff and the dope encounters, and I would point to the Prophecy Dungeon. Logistically, the best loot grind we have gotten in Destiny 2. Period. It's the best grind, logistically. It's better than Sundial. It's better than the Umbrals. Right. The fact that I can rerun it and get dope stuff, get high set armor, right? The loot inside is what's, is what's, it's like, eh, uh, this isn't that great. And that's supposed to change in year four. We're supposed to get better standout gear in year four when we go into aspirational content. I actually hope when they bring the dungeon back, it's got a, a new loot pool, a justifiably new loot pool, because why would you bring back a dungeon in year four and not give it aspirational loot? Because presently, it doesn't have aspirational loot. High stat armor is nice, but the, the, the guns and stuff just don't seem to be landing. Maybe that's why the dungeon doesn't have new stuff right right yeah i i remember our conversation and i think back then i didn't understand now i understand what you're saying so i was still left confused about what the future would bring in a sense like i was hoping the season pass would go but i can totally see what you're trying to say that basically i as a player who cares about depth and and all the grindable stuff i would basically not care about the season pass it will be just like a tiny thing mm-hmm. that's there and I click but th- the main aspiration for me would be to go deeper and that's lacking right now yeah I, I really hope they're gonna do that yep I-, I think they will because if not sunsetting will become a pretty significant empty promise and I also think that Luke Smith's directors cut about year four about um, the huge lack you know he talks about the huge lack of aspirational content right he addresses that pretty directly I feel like that director's cut and a lot of the promises will just ring hollow if they don't do that I really do think we're about to enter a new era I think one of the more common complaints you're going to see in year 4 is going to be this the best gear is hard to get just write that down I have, I have a sneaking suspicion that will be a commonly voiced criticism because it was a voice criticism in D1 and that's why people celebrated the clan ingrams when D2 launched I got told I was anti-community for being against clan ingrams that gave raid gear and that was because I, I do I think a changing uh, the era of destiny is about to go through a pretty significant change where the guns in the raid and the uh, if they can get the adept weapons right for trials in the winter season you are going to see people say I don't like the fact that the best gear is hard to get that will be a complaint that is that is uttered and I and I mean this with love that's actually a really good thing if that's one of the primary complaints about the new the year four if that's one of the primary complaints then the game is the game is in a good place because that's how games like this are supposed to run there needs to be not only a content hierarchy but also a loot hierarchy without a loot hierarchy we've always said that carrot has to justify the journey. If I'm going to put myself through raids and dungeons and all that, Grandmaster Nightfalls, that carrot has to justify the journey, and it hasn't all of D2. And according to Luke Smith, that is supposed to change next year. So that's my right. hope and, and prediction. Yeah, I think it. it's also that there was no journey, I think, right? I mean, you with your playtime and people like me with my playtime, we just looked at... I mean, obviously, there's also leaks, and we can look at Raytag and other websites to show what loot there is. There was never this I, I never this fear that I had when I started playing Destiny in the sense of, oh my god, I don't know what's 
what what this is going to drop. I don't know if I'm going to get that ever, right? I kind of miss this uh, this idea that I have to play and I have to really set my eyes on something because uh, it's hard to get, right? Mm. And it, it was just a matter of time, basically, right now to get it, the stuff you want. And I think that's that's really something that's missing. And I hope they're going to improve that in year four. Yeah, and they got to be careful with that. I think we talked about that recently where there's a difference it's good to have like micro goals and macro goals so like there's something you're working on like the entire season maybe it's a little more elusive a little slower drop rate i think the thing they would really want to lean into is you got to be really careful with sunsetting if you can't have a mind benders grind that's just too long you know three four months to finally get the god roll you also can't have the 1k voices in the anarchy situation ever again that's just i think that that's just too long but if they make the right changes to raids, if the raid loot logistics matches the dungeon, the prophecy dungeon, so I can rerun it, okay, you can add really rare once-a-week chance items like the Nano Phoenix from Wrath, cosmetic items that are super elusive. You could do this with gun ornaments as well, so they really, you know, really cool guns, really cool armor. But you got to be so so careful. I can't go three and four months before I finally get the role I want in a raid. There's a delicate balance here. I think sunsetting stands as a looming threat on loot rarity. Loot rarity is like underneath a shadow of sunsetting. Like you can't have something take too long to get or relevancy of the content goes away or you know sunsetting's this looming threat off in the future. It's like, oh my gosh, it took me four months to finally get this. So I do think that's why the logistics of Prophecy Dungeon is so, so good. You could go nuts for two months and get virtually everything you really want out of the raid, but you never got the ornament or the ship or something. Like, really, really, I call it the Sasquatch, right? It's like trying to find Bigfoot. You can have a, 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 a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot in a raid like the Nano Phoenix, and that's okay because that's cosmetic. That doesn't get A ship doesn't get sunset. A, a, an ornament, a, you know, an ornament for armor or something, that doesn't get sunset. So... I do think there's a bit of a divide there and they got to be very careful about loot rarity in light of sunsetting. I think that, uh, I don't remember if it was in your chat or in Reddit. I saw a really good suggestion about adding PVE um, adept weapons, right? And Bungie already said that in trials they wanted to introduce uh, or or their prototype right now would be that um, adept weapons would basically have adept weapon uh, mod slots. Mm-hmm. So, I think there is a really good niche there that you can still make loot abundant and people get it, and you can add this tiny thing in PVE that's very rare or hard to get, and maybe you won't get like your dream weapon with an adept mod slot this season, but it's just a tiny add-on that makes it exciting when it drops. But it's not a game changer. You can still have fun with the weapon without the adept mod slot. It's still a great weapon. You know what I mean? Like basically an added rarity tier in a sense right or maybe like an augment where you get the role that you want but you're waiting for that weapon augment to drop and it's really rare item and it you know it adds that extra slot or it 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 unlocks some kind of a glowing ornament or something but like you're saying it wouldn't be that you felt like your weapons bad or trash or whatever you know the, the the extreme is the mind benders right it's just too extreme and the other extreme would be you know 1k and anarchy those are extreme examples of loot rarity yeah. and if we, we we can't go that far we have to dial that back and empower the player to to get 
the the loot that they want but as you said you got to be careful too because you really trivialize it if i if, if two weeks in i'm like well i have everything my goodness like it was so easy that's why i think the the loot the logistics for the prophecy dungeon is so good at the very at the very very least at the very very least it would probably take you you know a month because you're not going to get everything in the first two weeks it's going to take a while for you to unlock the full loot pool and i think that's why that system is so smart you know i think after about a month me unlocking everything in that raid and then kind of grinding like crazy in the second month i'm kind of okay with that if i get into the middle of the second month of a season or near the end of it and i kind of have everything i want for a raid i actually think that's a pretty pretty good rhythm and relevancy um, and you could again raid NPC with a seasonal rank macro goal, right? The macro goal of the season is to really rank up that that NPC to get the dope cosmetics or ornaments or whatever. Like that would be another way, I think, like what you were saying, to keep something sort of not in your hands right away, not trivializing the content and making it too transactional. Yep. All I could say is, yeah, um, that I hope that your viewers didn't bring that. I guess we're now waiting for more information from Bungie. So thanks for the answers. Uh, I'm glad everything is going back on track here. I get, I'm glad we can flirt about hearing our voice again. That's also nice. So uh, yeah, thanks, Lono. Yeah, man. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. Well, I appreciate everybody calling in. We're not going to shut the stream down. The live broadcast is going to continue. But if you're listening to this elsewhere, I'm really loving the VIP call-in sessions. If you want to take advantage of that, go to sntrpresents.com and you can pick one of the, the, the VIP patron tier. If you're here right now on YouTube, you can click the join button and pick the VIP patron tier. They come with the exact same benefits in Discord and these call-in sessions always follow the Q&A session. So thank you everybody who called in today. Great conversations from people all around the world about the game we love and the ideas and questions that we have. So very, very good time today. Even if you're calling in to disagree, it's a good time. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube and you want to catch the live show, say no to Rage.com. We'll bring you to the YouTube channel. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.